Gene Eugene story when me and Gene went to Portland, man. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, we went to a movie theater. And, uh, you know, Gene was a short dude. So we went to go see this movie. And all it was all the seats were even. Like at the theater. You know how usually they go up? <laughs> they were all yeah. <laughs> they were even. So some dude, like two two things sat in front of Gene and Gene couldn't see the movie, man. And he just had me rolling because he couldn't go like, hey man, what just happened, man? <laughs> Got a beard and it's looking something fierce Having beers with my peers And talking rap careers Reflecting on the years Connecting on the tears Shipwreck faith ain't always as appears I'm bringing you fresh music I'm bringing fresh ideas I'm bringing you the dudes in the indie music beers Chilling at the shows and talking about the pain With people who learned how to face it and be sane Sipping on a brew Doing interviews No topics off the table but we focus on breakthroughs So kick up your feet we're gonna put it in check You're listening to brews, beards, and shipwrecks we got the brews, we got the beards, tasty interviews for your ears to hear. One, two, one, two, a mic check, stone bands, royal ruckus on the scene, just two and now. We got the brews, we got the beards, tasty interviews for your ears to hear. Welcome to this episode of Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. I'm your host, Chun Jay, and I'm really excited tonight because... We have one of my personal heroes coming on tonight, somebody that has, I don't know, been part of my life, uh, even if he didn't realize it, part of my life since I was like eight years old. Um, this man has made a huge impact on the world, uh, but I know firsthand the impact he's had on my life, and it's hard to imagine where the course of my life would have gone uh, without starting with this guy at such a young age. He's an MC. Uh, that means he knows how to rhyme. He knows how to craft a rhyme. But he's also a DJ, of which I'm very envious because I eventually became an MC after wanting to be a DJ. But this man has actually done a great job of both. He's honestly the godfather of Christian hip hop, or as uh, he would probably want to call it, holy hip hop. Um, I've seen him perform in Bakersfield. I've seen him perform at the Roxy in Los Angeles. I've seen him in Nashville. Uh, he's seen himself all over the country and uh, probably in some other parts of the world I'm not even aware of. I was honored to have him as a house guest uh, during the Gospel Music Association back in, uh, I think, 2003. And... It was completely unexpected and just something that was connected through a mutual friend, and it worked out great for him, I hope, uh, but it worked out really great for me because uh, I, I got to spend a week chauffeuring around one of my heroes. Um, he's also an author. He wrote a book uh, called Through My Windows, The History Behind Holy Hip Hop, and it's interesting because this book is really his biography, but his biography itself is the history of early Christian hip hop. And that is no small feat. Uh, he wears many other hats. He's also a business owner and a father and so much more, but rather than delay any further, uh, I want to introduce you guys to Soup the Chemist. Welcome, Soup. <laughs> What's up, my brother? That was an awesome <laughs> intro. Thank you, man. <laughs> and of course, as always, we've got Mr. 
nomadic vagabond. Man. <laughs> so what's everybody up to tonight besides this? What you been up to this weekend? Uh, is that for me? That's for Please anybody. Go for a soup. Go for a soup. Man, I uh been kind of uh enjoying I guess the soft opening of the world again this weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when uh when I saw some uh, buddies DJ yesterday out in San Francisco which was uh you know it hasn't been it's been a uh what a year, a year and a half. Yeah. Anybody's been rocking anywhere. So it was just a trippy vibe and uh yeah, man, it was a weird experience because uh you know, you still you still like feel you feel trippy. You still got to you yeah. wanna keep your mask on even yeah. though you don't have to. It's just right. weird. <laughs> right. T- today was my first day in, in church without a mask. And right. I felt weird. It was like half the people were masked and like half weren't. And I felt naked, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like almost used to this joint, man. It's like, yeah, yeah. you know, and if no, I don't have it on, I'm like, it was just funny. Everybody still, uh, nobody was shaking hands. That's amazing. In a year, it's like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> you go in for a hug and they throw their arm up. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Whoa, it's funny, man. I think that's the new norm, man. <laughs> But uh, yeah. that was it, man. Just eating like, like I just got out of jail and hanging out. Man, that that's amazing. And and you're in California, so California has been pretty locked down, right? So heck of lockdown, man. Like for real. Yeah. Now you're yeah. you're not you're not up in uh, Northern California, are you? Did you yeah, take it? Oh, you are. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm right outside of Oakland, Union City. I've been out here about four and a half years right now. Oh, okay. Okay. That sounds familiar, but uh, I, I always associate you with Los Angeles. Well, yeah, you know, that's home base. But, yeah, I've been out here about four and a half years right now working. And just uh, it's a trip up here. It's almost like you're not even in California anymore, but <laughs> it's still California. Yeah, yeah. What, but, uh, did, did you got its own vibe, man. Is, is it one of those things where you just were in love with the Bay Area, or did you have an opportunity to move up there, or friends, or – no, because uh, my trade is uh, I'm an electrician by trade, mm-hmm. so uh, it just got a heck of work out here, man. And so I just jumped on it, you know. That's cool. And where I'm here, man. This is it's crazy money out here. The Bay is crazy. Wow. Cost of living is crazy, and the, the sure. amount of money you can make is crazy. It's just crazy out here, man. Yeah, way better than the uh, SoCal area. So that's why that's what brought me out here, man. Wait, you 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 mean to tell me you make more as an electrician than you did as a Christian rapper? Man, I was I was reviewing your book today, and I couldn't believe some of the some of the gymnastics that you know have to go on when you're on tour. And uh, there was one tour you were talking about where you guys had like I don't know. 600 bucks left and you had to send someone home and you bought him a plane ticket. And then you're like in New Jersey with like 300 bucks left and just scraping by. Yeah. We actually, uh, we our, our, uh, yeah, we sent the dude home, uh, brother G who was on the first record. That's, that was it for him. So we sent him home and he didn't play any more shows with you or record any more with you at all after that. That was it. Actually, 
because of him, though, I am an electrician. Because that's really? when he went. <laughs> well, he went into that trade when we sent him home. He just jumped right into that trade. Wow. And, uh, of course, me, I continued on, formed SFC, and we got it going. Uh, but that that time was crazy, man. Because as soon as we sent him home, we were on our way to New Jersey, and our van broke down. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> so we, we didn't even we. we we didn't even have the money to fix it. Oh. We started we started rocking these shows out in San Antonio with Victory Outreach and uh, staying at their spot. Made enough money to uh, semi-fix it. And then it broke it down again oh. in Virginia. And, <laughs> and when it broke down again in Virginia, I remember I had a... Uh, I ended up... I sold it. And the yeah. money... We gave the money... To Victory Outreach, who came from New Jersey to Virginia to pick us up, and we gave him that money for gas. <laughs> wow! So when we got to New Jersey, we were totally broke already. Oh. And, uh, we were rocking gigs, and one of the dudes that was rolling with us, he's from New York as well, but his uncle had a painting business. So we started rocking gigs, and then go with him at the night and help him work and he would pay. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, so we made all the oh. money. We made enough money to fly back home, all of us, right? And um, it was it was a trippy story though, man, because our last gig was with this uh, this cat out of uh, Passate, uh, New Jersey. Okay, yeah. We went over there, rocked the gig with him. And then he's like, hey man, uh, you know, um, I want, I want, I want to show you guys something. He brings us into this garage and blessed us with a new van and said, "Here, y'all take that back to Cali." Man. Hey. Wow! <laughs> like we lost everything, but then got all everything back. It was weird, man. It was yeah. definitely a, a move of God that uh, was upon now, us, man. It was this, this was early on in your career, right? Yeah, this was. Uh, this was actually, I think, "Listen Up" was about to come out. Okay. It hadn't even come out yet. Wow. Yeah, because you know, listen up is strictly a demo. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. I, was, I had printed that up before. It was called uh, Fully Armed. Yeah. And uh, all they did was uh, when we got back off that tour and everything, they just picked it up and put it out. Wow. Yeah, wow. So, uh, that's the way that whole thing went down. So yeah, we were already kind of on that uh independent tip man we were selling out of the trunk yeah and and it's kind of amazing because i mean I, I think it's hard for people to appreciate these days uh how much the hustle had to be in the past because uh well i mean i guess i guess you still got a hustle but it's different now with with the streaming world that the hustle's different totally different hustle as well yeah you remember we there was no internet yeah. <laughs> right well, you, you had a gig and you either had to be on the radio or word of right. mouth or flyers. It was it, now you just post something and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. uh it it has its plus and then there's a there's a there's a strike to it as well because now the industry is just saturated with all kind of weird stuff and yeah. groups. You know what I mean? So it, right. it's a good thing. It was a good thing, this whole change and at the same time it's kind of a bad thing. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it's like, it's 
it's easy to like as far as like social media and stuff like today i was like on instagram and i saw like a it's basically a commercial for like a new artist and kind of like a you know folk soul singer or whatever i was like oh so i went on like to a streaming site and like looked her up and like added her but back in the day it was like you know i'd be at a friend's house and they'd be like listening to something right. like, who's that you know what i mean right, right, right. um and you had to lean or, hard on knowing people or going to the record store exactly yeah, yeah exactly you know yeah i mean it's like you know especially like you know you know late 90s whatnot when you had like the the 12 inch era like indie hip-hop was really bubbling you just find random 12 inches of like you know who's this you know you might recognize the producer or something like that yeah and you put it on then it's like you're just waiting for them to drop an album you know what i mean so it was it wasn't as as um you know overwhelming sometimes you know but yeah it's overwhelming right now i don't even know I mean, it seems like every week a new artist is dropping. <laughs> so yeah. You got Spotify, yeah. you got Bandcamp, you got yeah. all these avenues and just all these artists. It's like, yeah. So now the new hustle is trying to figure out how to market yourself in the midst of uh, this crowded uh, industry. That's the new yeah. hustle now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a little different than slinging tapes out of your trunk. Um, that, yeah. Slinging the tapes out of the trunk and it was. Back then. Sure. Video, yeah. I'll, I'll get it. Like good. Fifteen. If you had to at least have about ten to fifteen thousand dollars even to do a video. Wow. Now, last video I did, I I just to prove a point. I did the whole video on my phone. Sure. <laughs> I, I literally did the whole video on, and edited it all. It's all on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So. So you you must have very early on though um, when when you made your you know what became the Listen Up record um, when you made that as a demo I mean did you press oh, no. up a whole bunch of them or did you just make a small amount and start sending them out or well uh, actually it was buying you know Victory Outreach is the one that kicked that all off because you know they had churches all across the United States and uh, I remember our first gig with Victory Outreach. Uh, I yeah. came over there with yeah. 500 cassettes and we sold them all that night. <laughs> so, wow. So we literally had to go reorder it. But ever, ever since, but ever since that, the ball just started rolling like because, I, you know, they're across the United States and it was one of their, uh, um, where they have the general meeting where people come from all over. Yeah. All these people were taking these cassettes back to where they were from and it just started yeah. even, uh, a more of a uh, a fire, you know. They hit us up. It was like, hey man, you know, you guys want to go on a victory outreach tour? Sure, sure. And we were like, yeah. So that's how that kicked off. That's cool because that's that's that really ultimately is like a built-in network. Um, yeah. And that's where that's where I saw you most of the times I saw you was at Victory Outreach in Bakersfield. I didn't even know Salvation Army really was a ministry that rolled oh. like that, man. <laughs> yeah, they had like a lot of they, man, Phoenix. They brought me Phoenix was like sure. their headquarters. And they would kick us off from there. But it was a trip. Yeah. But yeah, Victory Outreach is the one that um put us on our first tour before we were anything, you know. And we were just selling out of the trunk, man. So I moved about, uh, I, I think I pressed up like 5,000 of them. I, yeah, we sold all that. Wow. 
That's awesome. And and then when they when uh when that got picked up, what was it was it Broken Records? I guess. Um, so so did did they uh, remaster it or anything, or did they just go, "This is great. Let's make this for the masses and just change the name of it." Yeah, they took the uh, the cheap way out, man. <laughs> <laughs> It was just so good. They were just like, this can't be improved. Man, I could have done way better, man. But, you know, I'm artist, man. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. So, but to them, they were cool with it. But they did go touch a couple of things up. Okay. And then uh, just kind of threw it back out. But, sure. Uh, yeah, man, that was a... I mean, even today when I listen to it, I cringe. Like, <laughs> that chord drum machine on every song. Sure. Sure. <laughs> But I'm like, you know, but, it, it was 1989. You know what I mean? It was 89, man. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even have a sampler when I did that album, man. <laughs> wow. Wow. Was that all? Yeah. Was that all? Was it? Was it all drum machine then? All drum machine, and then uh, when when you did hear certain things that sounded like a sampler, it was actually me cutting in the record and scratching it. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. wow! And going back, all right, bring it back. Let me do it again. All right, and hit like. <laughs> Take it back to the basics that's amazing yeah because see i'm from the era of uh we used to uh do our our beats with two cassette decks yeah pause, <laughs> pause tape right yeah pause tape. yeah yeah that's yeah. amazing hey i like that little background man you got some classics yeah. over there bro you know i got i got i got some others you know i got a yeah. phase three there right there is, you know Oh, appreciate you, bro. <laughs> I had illumination, you know. I had yeah, a, I've also got a arrangement. That's cool. <laughs> then I got a Save Man on the Jungle on cassette as well. Okay. Yeah, I was I was super excited about a orgasmic because we got yeah. that I got that on um oh it was a junkyard distribution. It was like syntaxes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. website. Right, right. I remember ordering it was like Braille's Shades of Grey album and then that. Yeah. Um and man, I I banged that album probably for like a month straight. Yeah, he like, they actually uh that's the first album I ever got bootlegged on, man. <laughs> well, you know, and it's funny because I remember one time I think I posted it on Instagram or like yeah. said something to you, like, oh, that's gotta be a bootleg, because I said I got it from another website. And I was like, Oh my bad, I actually got it from this one. You're like, okay, okay, it's legit yeah. then. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got bootlegged hard. It was uh I was getting all these letters from Canada and stuff. I'm like, man, I ain't even put this out in Canada, man. How, <laughs> how does that even happen? I mean, well, what happened was uh, I started sending it out to, you know, I was, it was guerrilla marketing. So I'm sending sure. my own press packages to uh, all kind of DJs all across, you know, and yeah. I had dinner 12 inch and all this stuff. So, you know, I was hitting all these spots up. So, I got contacted from this pretty, I guess he was a pretty well-known DJ in Canada. And he was like, man, I'm playing your, playing uh, the song with you and Merce over here. And that's, that's a hot one. And uh, this guy's want this news, this newsletter wants to interview and, and put you in their uh, uh, indie artist category. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, let's do it. So I did that. And the guy, I remember the, the dude asking me, he says, so uh, where can where can people get this? I says, well, you know, I'm, I'm independent. I, I, pushed, I pressed it up myself. They can, so, you know, if they want sure. to order it, me and all that. Yeah. So 
that was the last time I heard from that guy. And I <laughs> all these letters from Canada. So I'm pretty sure. Wow. <laughs> on it, man. Oh. <laughs> like, oh, this dude don't even have his record out. I'm going to put it out, man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty hilarious. But I had sent all these people, you know, the original CD. So all they had mm-hmm. to do was reprint it, man. Yeah. You know how the uh, game was. That yeah, yeah. 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 And then a lot of that was going on. People couldn't get get stuff, so they just put it out themselves and swing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's an incredible record. And uh and that is your last full length release that you've done, right? So um I, I I remember asking you about it when when you were uh putting it out and I said, Is this gonna be your last one? And you basically said yes. Um, but you seem to leave like the door open that Hey, you know, if I felt like doing some more, if it really took off, you know, I'm not going to hang up the microphone forever necessarily. That That's kind of the impression I got. What, what's it been like since then? I mean, how, what, what's your relationship been to uh, hip hop in the years since you dropped your last full length record? Well, well, as you stated in the beginning uh, that uh, I started out as a DJ before I even picked up the mic. So mm-hmm. you know, my love for, uh, you know, music didn't go away. It's just, you know, I had to make a living, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah. uh-huh. And uh, the whole, ind- just not even just the gospel market, just the whole industry was just really starting to change at the end of the 90s. You know what I mean? You had all yeah. the stuff coming in. And that just, I just, I, I wouldn't even have known how to put anything out anyway. So to yeah. answer your question, uh, I just, dove back into DJing, man. Just really heavy with it. And that's around that time, Serato, it came out in 05, 07. So, you know, I started running back with my crew, the Beat Junkies, them dudes. Uh, oh, yeah. And Icy Ice is uh, always on top of all. Yeah. Yeah, he actually had a record store at that time, too. So I, I kind sure. of watched the it whole stacks, right? Start, yeah, stacks. And, you know, the whole thing, I mean, to the point where he had to shut his doors, even the whole industry just started changing, man. Yeah. Yeah. So digital era just kind of took over and uh, we it turned, it turned from crates, carrying all these crates to just having mm-hmm. uh, external drives and MP, uh, MP3s everywhere, you know what I'm saying? So, Sure. The DJ thing was like, oh man, I could do this. I don't got to carry all these crates. I'm kind of old now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it was like perfect, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, it, it was just, it was weird. You know, Serato was just, was a, is a beautiful format because it allowed us to uh, still get down like a DJ, like you got the vinyl, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, right. And for a while, people just, they would stand there looking at you because they couldn't figure out how you're scratching. You know, the whole the right. whole yeah. thing yeah. was just take a digital signal, but I can manipulate it like it's a, like it's a piece of a record, like it's vinyl. You know, it is mm-hmm. vinyl, but yeah. it's yeah, reading yeah. my MP3s. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah. there was a time where people would just stand there. They wouldn't even dance or anything. They're just looking at what, what is this? What like, is this dude surfing the net while he's supposed to be DJing? <laughs> and then we, is this pre-recorded? Is he pretending? And then we, know? Took to, we took it to a whole other level because we were doing video before anybody was rocking videos. 
So yeah. now we're mixing video on top of it. Yeah. And it was just, yeah. but the video was actually, it was pretty interesting. The video was such a distraction to like lounges and stuff like that, that they didn't want it. It would, because mm. it would cause people, you know, they're, they're in the, like Vegas and all that, that that's, they're into making money. They can care less what's really going on. They want the music there. Sure. The videos were so captivating that people would literally, they wouldn't drink or nothing. They would just stand there <laughs> like, no, the video? And they literally did a study on this and stopped and started telling DJs, we don't want the video no more. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but now, you know, I'm just glad I kept collecting all that time because my, yeah. my video library saying and now it's coming back especially with the whole twitch thing and everybody's mm -hmm. all in yeah. this video now so it's yeah. just a trip yeah. how the industry uh moves that's what kept me involved the dj what'd you do with the video i mean what was it like lots of little clips uh was oh, it timed out to the music actual, or just the actual music video you're mixing. Oh, the the, yeah, the music video. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so. And they get blended. It yeah, like they get blended together. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a straight up. Yeah, you're mixing it like a record. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I've never seen it. Oh, I've right. I had no idea. No, it's dope. And now yeah, yeah you can do so much stuff with it, like because they got all these effects where you can make the video come in, either twirling in on top of the other. Sure. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, on on one of my last tours, I tried doing something similar uh, with my own video, but it was a little a little weird because I'm like on stage rapping, and then there's my music video, yeah. rapping too. Uh, but it was fun. But I, I I didn't fall in love with that for because I want I didn't want them watching my music video. Right, right. As as the MC, <laughs> I'm trying to get them to listen to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, hey, it's the trip, man. I remember uh, going to. Oh, Fire, Far Side Reunion gig. And uh, nice. you remember that song Drop they did where it's all moving backwards? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 They JD did that, that live on stage with the video and was moving. It was so dope. Oh. <laughs> so they were all moving backwards with the video. Like if they, it was That's like, crazy. Yeah, it was dope. So, you know, you can incorporate that stuff. Yeah, sure. Well, I was gonna say is because I got I got Serato about a year ago. I got a new Mark mixer that had it on there. Okay. And I'm I'm still trying to like kind of figure it out because I'm so into just like you know vinyl. Matter of fact, my computer's sitting on one of my techniques right now. <laughs> yeah. But it you know, but it's like um because I, I got like a little control. Too, man, so. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and so it's like I got a controller that I was using for my computer, iPad, a little Vestax thing, and it's it's but with Serato, it is dope because you can, it's still, you still have the vinyl. So it's still the, um, the feel of it, but it's yeah. trying to kind of control like the, the lag that it has sometimes. Right. But once you get it on point, it's just really dope. Cause there's yeah, stuff they like got, that. uh, yeah, that lag is, uh, there's many things that comes behind that lag, but man, they, yeah. they fixed it, but if there's still, you still have, uh, we still have these weird things. Like I was, uh, uh, going through something about a month ago to where uh, I started, I wanted to download a new program because I've been messing around with music, you know, y'all can see the mic in the back. I mean, yeah, yeah. Doing some stuff. yeah I, see, I see the headphones so, behind you yeah. too. <laughs> uh, in order, but in order to download the, 
you know, Apple does, I guess every three years or something, they change their system or something where, so now it's Big Sur before it was El Captain, right? Or whatever their operating yeah. system is. Mm-hmm. So everyone, everyone has Serato. When they do that, when they flip it, Serato's not caught up. They're not in, they don't talk, Apple doesn't communicate with them. So they got to try to catch up to whatever. So everybody's mm-hmm. stuff freezes up and stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> so they don't upgrade it. They leave it how it yeah. is. I saw that with um like um Akai, like the MPC. Yeah. They have like an IMPC like app. And so there was the same thing where like it wasn't upgrading to the new one. So like yeah. you couldn't access it. Oh, it causes all kind of chaos. Man. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of dudes, this is how they make their money. So, mm-hmm. so it right. messed me up because I wanted to get this garage band going so I could start recording. So it was like either buy another laptop <laughs> or wait for them to catch up. So I, I uh, took the cheap route out and waited for them to catch up. <laughs> 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 but uh, Good things just, come to those who wait, they say, you know. It just reminded <laughs> you that this is still new technology you know what i mean yeah. with vinyl, yeah. ain't gotta worry yeah. about that. you throw that junk on and rock mm-hmm. yeah 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 well now do you miss uh do you miss touring and uh you know sharing your rap with with people or it, it does does djing kind of fill that niche for you or take me into that djing kept me uh excited about music because yeah I mean, I'll be just real with you. I can't stand that trap stuff and all this. You know what I mean? Sure, I, sure. So DJing was my, because you know what's all on the radio. I ain't got to listen to that. I can do whatever I do, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so it yeah. Kept me, kept me uh, digging, because there's a lot of dope underground out there. It's just hard to get, you know? And um, yeah. so it kept me interested in music. And since it kept me interested in music, I never stopped mentally creating, but there was never a purpose to share it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I sure. missed it to a certain extent because right. it's the industry. I don't even know what it is now, man. It's just, right. I didn't even know until I started doing this book, I didn't even know who Lecrae was. I didn't know if I how disconnected sure. I was from what was going on. And vice versa, they don't, there's a lot of people that don't even know who the heck I am, man. It's just hilarious, you know? So, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I would say I miss it because I like, I I enjoy performing and rhyming and just coming up with dope shows and seeing people's grill when you do something crazy, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I was being fulfilled because of the DJ. That's what, yeah. when I was DJing, I was getting that, you know, when you do your transition dope, oh, it's when they're songs yeah. like, oh, you know. Sure. Same energy. Yeah, yeah. Now, one of the things that I've always ad- admired about uh, your career is it feels like one of the things you did was you brought a lot of people up. Um, SFC, uh, which I don't even know that we even said that, on here uh those who know who you are no sfc but uh those who are just you know listening to this podcast you know and or hearing you for the first time don't know you had a group called sfc 
stood for Soldiers for Christ. Now, SFC, though, in a lot of ways, was you. But you had other people. You had partners in there. You had people that were on this record, that record, the next record, but not necessarily on all of them. Uh, was that always intentional to be bringing people along that would maybe only be there for a season? Or is that just kind of organic development? It was intentional and organic. It was intentional because you can't say soldiers and it's just you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. <laughs> so I always right. through. And uh, I was, you know, there was a lot of cats who were just linking on to me. And uh, I actually was brought in by JC and the boys, which was Dave Goose. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it was always a crew. He introduced me to the twins and Teeth. Mm -hmm. And then Teeth was rolling with me. And then, you know, for me, you know, you had the Gospel Gangsters, Idol King, you know, uh, everybody on the West Coast was, was rolling with me. Yeah. It was one point where we were 75 deep. And I mean, we, wow. we used to roll two gigs like that. Can you imagine wow. up in a church, 75 deep? They was like, yo, what is this? Yeah. Now that's mob deep. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, and it was dope, man. All of us, we would all roll together to gig, support each other. Like, if yeah. This was getting down. We'd all go to his gig. And, you know, vice versa. So it was all, it was like a family affair, man. It wasn't none of this competition, uh, none of right. that. So when I, you know, when I got put on, that was my goal, you know, try to, yeah, try to get the cats who uh, were solid, who really wanted a career, who was serious about it. You know, I would try to help them out. And it's, it's, it seems to me when, when in the early days, if I mean, maybe you have a, clearer perspective on this because I was pretty young but in in the early days of your career uh all the Christian rappers were coming out of California it seemed like and then maybe a few out of like Dallas area you know I don't, I don't know why it happened like that but yeah we we were just I don't know man <laughs> it and it, it and it seemed there. like everybody knew everybody you guys were all on each other's records i mean just all kinds of fun little interludes even i'd hear you pop up on every freaking record i had it seemed like that was out of the the christian market you know that the christian hip-hop you know um so like what was i guess that just happened organically too i mean that's how you ended up with 75 people rolling into a show that's how it happened man everybody was just you know, in that, in that, uh, that move, they were just, they were, they were, I guess, you know, the spirit of God was just drawing cats around me. And then when you put yeah. that hip hop, that real feel and everybody had that, they wanted that anyway, you know, a lot of these cats is hip hop did. So it was just a yeah. perfect connection. We all just kind of blend, man, you know, like birds of a feather flocking together kind of vibe, you know? And, uh, yeah. And since I was never, uh, I've never been a, a cat trying to hide what was going on or not show my connections and, and not teach right. people like what I learned, because I was learning as well, the industry, as I learned, I taught cats around me how to perform, you know, all that, man. Because, you know, yeah, you know, you've been at performances and seeing like, man, that guy really doesn't know doing you know what i mean sure <laughs> but, yeah but if you notice everybody that kind of wrote 
with my clique, we all were pretty good on stage. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because we critiqued each other, man. And we told, nah, don't, be, don't hold the mic like that. Don't do this. You know, li- you know, I mean, one of the really good performers who you were pretty cool with was uh, Brain, uh, Brainwash Projects, you know? They, oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they used to do their whole thing in a straight, hardcore, secular realm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. And they were the pause. B twice and Pitts and John were the pause mix kings, man. Them dudes, all yeah. their shows. Right. <laughs> really? Um, <laughs> he used to put some tapes together. I'm like, dude, that sounds like you mixed. <laughs> he was the king of pause mix, man. <laughs> that's amazing yeah and they, there were um I, I mean i even had like a bootleg of some of pigeon john stuff make it up to bakersfield in the 90s um you know and you could hear that it it was um i don't know i don't want to say it sounded unsophisticated because it was dope right, right. but you could you you know i didn't realize it at the time but you could kind of tell it was a pause mix right because it's right. it, it, it had that head. very <laughs> underground vibe you know yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, so, that's pretty incredible. Well, yeah, well, so we were all from that era, and uh, I think that because of our God, you know, our beliefs, or however we want to say, yeah. it, the spirit of yeah. God is what really pulled us up together because there yeah. wasn't a lot of cats jumping out there trying to mention anything about God on the mic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. and that's what I was all about. So. And, and and you guys had like a, a great positivity. Um, you know, a, a lot of hip hop has been weighed down with negativity and hating on each other and uh, violence within the hip hop community, even, you know, in, in your own career, of course, everybody knows during your own career, we saw the, the famous death of uh, Notorious and Tupac. Um, but that stuff was also going on in the streets and, and is today. Um Yet you guys were so different, and I'm not saying there wasn't there wasn't beefs, and uh, we certainly know there were some passive aggressive battle rap lines and some ra- late, later Christian rap stuff. But uh, man, in 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 the era when when uh, you were really, uh, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if this makes you uncomfortable. You were at the center of it, as far as I'm concerned. And when you were at the center of it, there was so much uh, love and positivity in the community. Um, and I think, I think that's attractive. That's hard. That's hard not to love and hard not to appreciate. And that's what I think. I mean, when I look at this, the way they're vibing now to me, that's what's missing. I don't see the unity mm. or nothing like we used to have. Yeah. And it's, it's weird yeah. because with all this social media and everything, it should be a lot easier for cats to be loved on each other. Like I have yeah. that wouldn't even, uh, they wouldn't even promote my book, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Part of the game is that, dude. <laughs> you know, sure. What am I gonna hurt sales or something? I mean, it's just weird <laughs> <laughs> because you know that's not how we we got down, man. If you if you was rolling with us and you were like gonna drop something, I'm gonna promote it, and I still do, yeah. do that today. I do it today yeah. on yeah. my on my social media. I promote dudes who've had who who cho- chosen not to promote me. So yeah. it's just, yeah. that's just, you know, I believe in planting those seeds anyway. But back when we were doing our thing, the area you're talking about, uh, it was a lot of love, yes. 
and we needed it yeah. because we didn't have all this junk that uh, everybody has now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How much of these uh, of these cats are you still in touch with? Do you do you feel like you? I mean, do you have reunions? Well, I don't know if you're familiar with the, uh, the mic drop, which is, takes place next month. Uh, it's uh, sounds like I need to get familiar. Oh yeah, it's, uh, actually that <laughs> that has brought everybody together. We're actually all performing out there, so uh, it's the nineteenth wow. of uh, June out in Texas, and uh, it's a it's a gospel hip hop documentary. That's coming out. Oh, awesome! Fred Lynch has a lot to do with it, so that's why I'm really yeah, that's great. In. So uh, it'll be PID, SFC, Dynamic Twins. Uh, Incredible. Those are the main groups I know on the bill. There's other groups performing that are in the movie. I haven't seen it yet, so that's the premiere. And uh, yeah, so they made me uh, dust off my dads and <clears throat> start. Get my <laughs> vocals back together. <laughs> man. We're gonna rock this gig, man. And first gig and like I don't know. The last time I did a gig was 03. Man. How, how much do you uh are you having to practice and and uh get your, your vocals back up to I mean it's one of those things where I, I know you've you've recorded some stuff so you haven't lost it, but it's it's a little different to do it live than to do it in the studio. Oh, and if you and if you're not practiced, uh, I would imagine it takes a little bit of time to get back now, where you, know, you feel you super solid. What was the most difficult part? And okay. I, I was, amen, I got, was able to to pull it off. But the hardest part was getting my instrumentals, man. We're talking about the 90s. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, was like, I understand. I refused to rap over my vocals. I never wanted to rap over right. my vocals. But that yeah. I was I was this close to saying oh. I have to rhyme over my vocals. So this cat that used to manage me, uh, Zagabon, we call him James James T Money. He I I just he was my last resort. I hit him up. And I said, Hey man, uh, you know, um, would it be possible if you check around and see if because I knew he used to have a, like a stash of T-shirts, all our old T-shirts and stuff. Sure. I said, I'd check your stuff and see maybe if you have any uh, of our old performance dads or CDs, whatever we used to rock on cassette, whatever. If you have any instrumental, let me know. So this cat hits me back the next day and says, dude, I have all the original dads, everything. Wow. <laughs> You got lucky. Man, on, <laughs> on my first album, I have all the instrumentals, man. So, wow. Yeah. That's incredible. This dude saved all that junk. So then, then then, my next challenge was finding someone who has a DAT player to transfer it for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Totally, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, yeah. I actually, right here in Oakland, there was a studio. I said, yeah, man, send me the DATs. You know, this is what we charge, and we'll send you the wave file. Wow, out, man. So that that was the hard part. Yeah. So once yeah. I got I, that, man, I was so hyped, man. Yeah. You know, getting back up there, you know, getting the lyrics back, that that'd come quick. But yeah, sure. those instrumentals, man. <laughs> so so are you doing are you gonna be performing songs all the way back from, from the beginning? I got I got a or, I got a time slot. So I'm doing you know, I'm gonna just rock that time slot, but uh, you know, I got a uh, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely rocking some Phase Three, and I'm gonna rock something from Listen Up. Mm. I, only got I love it. Sure. Yeah. There's only so much you can do when, when you're up against the time slot. Selections from Dust, Phase Three, and Listen Up. Man, that's amazing. One of my one of my my personal favorites to perform live is a uh, Language of Imagination. I love that song. Uh, that's a mm. dope. That's a dope song. Yeah. yeah. I get to act yeah. crazy, man, and throw stuff at people and. <laughs> <laughs> Like slices of bologna? What are you what are you throwing? Cups of soup, nah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some some top ramen from the top ramen nights, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Man, I, I, I used to at the end of one song, uh, my partner Mike Flatline in the in uh, Royal Ruckus, he used to give me a whipped cream pie to the face. And nobody would expect it because we're just in the middle. Of course, we're some goofy dudes, you know, uh, you know, so we're we're doing all this silly rap. And I'm, I'm just rapping about how I have a bad haircut because, you know, the lady cut too much off. And then Mike sneaks up behind me and slams me with a pie. Uh, it actually goes over well, man. Yeah, exactly. Props, man. That crowd participation, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, did you uh, keep rolling or was that the end of the show or you're like, rhyming and eating the pie so it, it would always be the last song so i yeah i i definitely kept rhyming um and then and then i'd have to wipe down afterward but i will i will say though uh dairy doesn't smell great in the beard or the hair if you leave it too long so i learned that yeah man you reminded me of uh a real embarrassing moment on our tour uh we would always act a fool uh in the hotel rooms, of course. And sure. I remember uh, I was on tour with the twins and I had rigged the door. So when they walked in, all this water fell on them, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and you know, cause we were in this, uh, this battle, like uh, I had froze their underwear and <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so they, they did something with the with the pie thing. It got me and I was like, okay, I gotta get him back from there. So when we got to Phoenix, I hooked the court whole door up. So when he opens it up, all this water falls on him, right? It worked out perfect. And we're just laughing and I'm celebrating, jumping up all high. And it was this like a arch and it was low. And I jumped up and hit it. Bah! Oh. <laughs> and I oh. fell down all hard on the ground. And, and they're all looking at me like, dude, you're all right. And like, all this blood is coming out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, like oh. oh, my God. Like, look, I had to get checked up. And this is the next day is our gig. Oh. Peace so, uh, was with us. And uh, so, you know, they, Check me. I didn't need stitches, but they put this big old bandaid on my head, right? Yeah. So while I'm rhyming, I mean, while we're waiting to rap, we're sitting up on the stage, and um, Peace and all of them, they're just all pointing at, like going like this. <laughs> <laughs> they just keep pointing at the bandaid. <laughs> oh my gosh! It was just hilarious, man. So uh, 
like the whole show, man, they're just like clowning a band-aid. And they actually got the crowd involved towards the end. Uh, oh, really? I'm like, oh, you guys are so fucked, <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, so I hilarious. guess without knowing it, you influenced Nelly, too. Huh? So without knowing it, you influenced Nelly. <laughs> it was too big for a Nelly one. That mother was like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was no hiding that apparently. Oh, yeah. Man, it was hilarious. So that's probably one of the funniest. Uh, that one, and I remember us doing one of those festivals out here. It's packed, man. It's probably about thirty thousand people there, right? Yeah. And I'm just going off, and this one I had Dove with me, man. And you know, I kept seeing he, you know, he was up there DJing, but he kept he kept like pointing down like this, right? <laughs> And I'm just rhyming. I'm not really knowing what he's yeah. about. So then, after like three songs in, I kind of go back there and I'm like, he's like, dude, your zipper is like wide open. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh. Uh. And I played it off, man, like this, right? And I zipped it up and I turned back around and the whole crowd just starts busting. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> he was trying to tell me the whole time. He's waiting. <laughs> oh. But it, yeah, that, that's the worst. Oh, it was hilarious, man. I'm <laughs> glad it popped out on him, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, we had some fun times on stage, man. I split my pants in the back one time during the show. And uh and this was this was a church too. So and I, you know, I tend to just like jump all over the stage like an idiot, you know. And uh I, I from the rest of the show, I could not turn my back to the crowd at all. Hilarious. And then uh and then you know, I I put some stickers on on my butt when I got off stage. <laughs> but oh yeah, so so did you did you guys play a lot of pranks over the years or We were never serious, man. Only on stage, off the call. That was it. <laughs> Even after the gig, we were wild, man. And that's why I think a lot of people, uh, I see it now, man, because I still get a lot of emails and letters like people saying how it was amazing how we just stuck around. We we would stay there. We never acted yeah. like superstars. I always told right. the whole crew, after we're, we're done, we're going to the product table. Like other groups mm-hmm. take off and you know, nah, man, we stood there, we bonded with people, they bought stuff, we took pictures, we signed stuff, you know, because yeah. to me that yeah, yeah. after the gig, to me that was real ministry. On stage, that yeah. know, I'm performing. After the yeah. gig, you know, you'd be a it was just amazing of people how people were touched by us doing that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At, at right. Before, to me it was just uh, I didn't want to be. I didn't never want us to be acting like we're superstars. But yeah. now I see the big picture. It was almost like the spirit of God had me out there, man. A lot of those cats, they're just like part of their testimony. Like, man, dude, the way you guys just like talk to me and pray with yeah. me. So I still got this your signature on your picture, you know. And they're grown pastors right. now and stuff. It was just a trip, you know. You don't know yeah. what you're doing, but yeah, you know the spirit of God is moving, man. So that was a yeah, that was a, a big deal to me. Well, I think that's one one of the reasons it's important to like as Christians who are entertainers, um, to try to like live consistent with 
our Christian convictions. We're, we're always gonna, gonna make mistakes and fail. But like, if, if we are the kind of performers who go on stage and proclaim Christ and then hook up with all the chicks all night, you know, um, there's a huge disconnect, but if, if, if you're being transparent and you're being present and you're being real, um, I think it makes a difference. Oh, heck yeah. And, I mean, think about and, it, man. It's easy to get on that stage. Praise the Lord. All that. But after you, them lights go out and all that, to me, yeah. that's true when the ministry started. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there was well, times I mean, where we would pick people up uh, that we didn't even know, man. We just met and bring them to the gig. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we would do all right. that crazy stuff, man. But it was just that that's amazing. Was that's what it was about, man. I remember just bringing a whole crew who we met on the streets in the mall. They were like, man, what are these guys are some rappers or stuff? So, yeah, man, roll with us, man. We got a gig tonight, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, what? what? You know, and they, they try to battle. <laughs> Next thing you know, they come and they can say, they never even heard yeah. of us, never even heard Christian rap. And they're all here in, you know, we're in, in their neighborhood, bring them all to the gig. Right. With us. Uh, feed them and everything. That was real ministry right there, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like you can sit there and say all these words, but what you do really has the impact. I mean, like case in point, it's like, uh, like you you all know who Lightheaded is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was like their first show. And so it was uh, Red Cloud and Sherlock Holmes was opening up for him. Right. And I remember... uh, seeing Sherlock and just talking to him probably for like, I don't know, maybe a half hour before just yeah. telling him how much like, you know, his album, like one of his songs helped me through a breakup and all this, but he was just sitting there just talking. And so like his actions, you know, spoke so much where he was just like a cool dude, you know, and right. he was like, all right, I got to go. I got to go perform. I'm like, all right. And just walked on stage. I'm like, that, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, that's real. And that, you know, that, that's, that, that, that moved you, right? Yeah, yeah, to yeah. me, that's that's what I was saying, man. That, that was to me, that was the real ministry. So that was one thing I uh I demanded from my crew. And I noticed when cats would start going out and doing stuff by themselves, they kept that principle and they did it too. Like the twins went on tour, they did that. You know what I'm saying? The gangsters, they did that. Gangsters is all yeah. ministry. You know what I'm saying? So it was it was good to uh I'm glad I instilled that in a lot of uh, the cats in our crew and they took it with them. It's like we yeah. that ministry part, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, I think really like it makes a difference too, when you're, when you're going into a place and you have an attitude of wanting to serve rather than be served. Um, and, and there's a sense when, I mean, especially if you're, you're the entertainer, you're the one that they, they hired to come in and do this. Uh, and as the performer, it's real tempting to be like, ah, you know, I, uh, crack, you know, serve me. Um, but, but it makes a difference when you, when you come in humble. Well, I mean, even, even with the other groups, if you're helping them with their equipment or, you know, back in the day, you probably helped some people haul in some record crates, you know? Funny that you said that because, uh, at first I had to, uh, Dove was the only one that fought me on that. He loved that superstar status. Oh, really? <laughs> no, that's not how we're going to get out. Because, of course, they, it's always when we roll in, whatever's on our rider, that's what yeah. it is, you know? Yeah. Like you said, we're the ones. So there would be times where, you know, they're all taking us all to eat 
like the church or whoever the promoter is bringing us, he wants to bring us out. And I remember one time telling him, uh, you know, I thank you uh, for, you know, wanting to, it was going to be this five-star restaurant, right? But I had yeah. got moved by this these kids that it was just like this group that was that, that they were all going to this whole pizza spot, right? Where there's pool tables and all this. And the, the kid, it was his birthday. And mm. his mom was like, what if, what do I, I'll pay you if you come. I said, you ain't even got to pay me, man. Just bring me over there, give me my own pizza, and I'm going to come. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to come just to, just to bless all these kids. You know what I mean? They were mm-hmm. all at the mm-hmm. gig. So she wanted to surprise her kid by having us come to the to his pizza yeah. party, right? Yeah. We had the pastor had this five star meal, you know, Dove was like, Man, I'm man, I'm going to get the lobster. <laughs> <laughs> so the pa- I said, uh, I said, I can't tell you what to do, man. I'm just telling you what me and the dove, the rest of the crew are doing. If you don't want to go, yeah. You go on over there and get the five star meal. So the pastor, mm. he wanted he, he when he came and asked me, he was so moved. He came and paid for the whole thing for the kid. Oh wow! <laughs> it was crazy. So that's amazing. So Dove was forced to go after that. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. He didn't get his lobster. He didn't get his lobster. <laughs> But, you know, it was, you know, that was the, so to answer your question, there was a little bit of resistance sometimes from some of the cats. They wanted that. Sure. But once everybody kind of understood and saw what we were going with this and what it was doing and what we were really doing, it, w- it wasn't a problem anymore. It was just like natural for us to build and really yeah. kick in harder with the ministry part after the kids. That's kind of yeah. how we got down. And I think because yeah. of that, we had, you know, we just had so many people that just started showing up to our gigs and, you know, just right. hanging out. You know, we come to town, man, it would just be like a big party, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and and, and that, makes, uh, that makes an impression on people, too. So even, like, obviously, there's a ministry benefit there, but also from just like a... Uh, this worldly building your musical career, you've created an experience for people. They're never going to forget it. And they're going to talk about it. And the next time you come to town, they're more likely to also be there the next exactly. time you're in town. Exactly. And that's so, what was happening. That's, that's a beautiful thing. We would always thing. see the same faces plus, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. That's, I love it. I love it. Now, what, what, uh, so we, we've talked a lot about fun stuff that have hap- happened on the road. And uh, uh, obviously, you cracking your head wasn't that fun, but it turned out to be funny. Uh, so <laughs> I'm glad there was no, uh, no phone cameras back then. <laughs> That'll follow you forever. Oh, uh, there might be yeah. Polaroids out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm curious, though, what. Do you have any moments that you can think of that like just were really tough on the road or where you wanted to, where you were just like, I don't know if I want to do this uh, anymore. Oh, or it's like, man. it was, it was even one time where I was ready to knock a promoter out, man. <laughs> <laughs> he, literally, he literally wrote us a bad check, man. 
And uh, oh wow, it was I was on tour with PID and Fred. Fred, he didn't really. So it was a weird feeling that Fred got. So he was like, "Man, yeah. let's stay in town and cash this check tomorrow, and, and then if everything's cool, let's get out of here." And sure enough, man, he went to cash it, and the check wasn't even good. <laughs> wow. We had the dude's address on him. So you got to think, man, it's like two vans full of black dudes, man. Right? <laughs> Rolling up. He rolled up to his house, man, off the address on the check. And yeah. uh, his grandma answers the door. And all of us are in the front yard, like, just, oh, where this dude at, right? <laughs> and uh, Amazing. She's like, oh, my God. Uh, no, he's actually down the street at the church playing basketball. So we roll up there. And just rushing, and he come. He done, He so it was so unexpected that he didn't even want to talk in front of everybody. He's like, "Let's go outside and talk about this." And, you know, sure. to make a long story short, you know, he he ended up giving us our money. But man, yeah. you're gonna have to lay hands on him, huh? <laughs> <laughs> made me like just like he. Something like, well, I mean, you guys are a B group or some crap like that, he said. Oh, wow. And I was like, man. Oh, and I said, I said, yeah, you better just get our money. And then he tested me, like, was that a threat? And I said, we were, because he took us to a little restaurant to talk. I said, well, we can go outside and I'll show you if it's a threat or not. Is that a threat? <laughs> like, walk outside. And then, <laughs> And then wow. Fred is like, no, man, man, no, we, <laughs> let's not go there. Let's just, just go outside. I'll take care of this, man. Cool off, man. And then that was it. Wow. But I couldn't believe. I mean, come on, man. You know, right. man, how you going to rip us yeah. off like that? And then call yeah. us. Especially with your address <laughs> on the check. Yeah. 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 Br- bringing, you, bringing you guys to town, not really paying you, and then not expecting you to show up. I mean, my goodness. Oh, uh, it was wild, man. So, uh, yeah, so there was a lot of, uh, that was probably the craziest, but there was a lot yeah. of real interesting ones. Like, I remember uh, it was uh, these two, I think it was Nashville, man. Uh, it was these two black churches, like right around, it was like Baptist 1, and right across the street was Baptist 2, right? <laughs> <laughs> It happens. And we were literally booked at both of them. It was weird as heck, dude. So I'm like, yo, these, because we were looking at the address, and two days later, we're at the other one across the street. I'm like, man, these places are (laughs) next to each other. So it was like, all right, whatever, man. So we walk in the first one, and uh, the guy comes out, and he says, hey, uh, you know, yeah, the pastor would uh, like to speak to you. Uh, they wanted us to do one song in the morning to help promote. You know how they would do that, sir? Yeah. So, and right, right, right. He was like, yeah, but he wants to speak to you guys uh, before the uh, gig and, you know, just feel you guys out. I'm like, all right, that's cool. So, so we go, we walk in his office and he's in a big chair and it's turned to his back to us, right? It's like this. And we walk in, we sit down and then he slides around and he has this big cigar, and he's like, yeah, so, where are you boys from? <laughs> and we're sitting there like, okay, we're from. <laughs> it was just weird, right? man. Yeah. 
That's amazing. Oh, yeah. And he's drilling up. Did he offer you one? No. He's just <laughs> up, like, uh, asking us all these questions. And we're just sitting here laughing. Like, that was just a shocking thing. I've never seen nothing. Sure. So it was yeah. hilarious, man. I was like, yeah, this is a weird place. And it turned out <laughs> that across the street, that's his cousin. They got into a oh. big thing and he started his <laughs> own church across the street. Ah, uh, one of those things. Oh, dude, was, the whole thing was weird, man. But we, we did our thing, rock church, whatever. <laughs> but that was the one of those races. Wow. That was the night that we went to the radio station. That was like the first time I was ever challenged by people calling in, like, guys, ain't no God, you devils, man. Well, this ain't God yeah, here. Sure. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, Nashville so- was crazy on that year. Yeah, so tell tell me about that. Um, you know, you you got a lot of pushback um, at various points in your career on being a rapper who put your Christian faith right in the middle of your music. But the pushback was, it sounds like, came a lot of times from the Christians. Oh, it was all the Christians. I never got pushed back from the mainstream embraced us. They just didn't know what to do with us. Yeah, but yeah. all my, uh, yeah. Everything negative that came across in the, in my uh, movement was all from the, the church. Wow. Like, I remember, oh, man, in Chicago, that was probably the craziest. I was up, actually up for a Stella Award. And once wow. again, being who we are, we had met a bunch of people and had, had some girls with us. And it was like a crew. We had about 12 people with us. It was me. Yeah. Idol King was coming with me to go get this award, right? And up to the front, and I'm telling them who I am. They see me on the list. And then they look at the girls and say, they can't come in with pants on. And I'm wow. like, hold up. I went off on the list. I said, hold up. I can't bring these females in here because they got pants on. Wow. And y'all can keep that award. And I walked. We just all bounced. Really? <laughs> wow. Did they try to mail it to you? I didn't even care. Man. We straight bounced. What was the rest of that night like? Well, everybody was like, oh, man, dude, you bounced. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Man. uh, Nevertheless, they never uh, contacted me ever again. (laughs) (laughs) I was never up to Stella ever again. Oh yeah. man! Hey, is, speaking of awards, uh, you were you were nominated uh, for a Dove Award um, a couple of times, I think, right? And that's one of the weird, weird sore spots uh, for anybody that knows about it. I think because oh, man, you <laughs> you absolutely deserve to win multiple awards from the Doves yeah, and. Every single time it went to someone it shouldn't have gone to. <laughs> the whinings, man. I'm like, they're not even me. Carmen, neither one of those rest in peace, Carmen, but he wasn't around. Sure. Anymore, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was hilarious. I was like, I, yeah, whatever. Well, I, I, I loved when, uh, I don't know if you ever heard the the One Dove song that L.A. Symphony oh, LA did Sam. as a joke. Uh, it, yeah, it was ba- based on Nas' One Love. One love. But, uh, you know, because L.A. Symphony eventually won a Dove Award. Oh, really? Um, I didn't know that, man. Yeah, yeah but the, the the crazy thing is they didn't win a Dove Award for, like, one of the records they put 
like everything into right they they won a dove award for like this collection i believe and but the collection had uh gosh who was on there from the mainstream wasn't pasta noose on there and like yeah pasta new yeah so so well it, so here's the funny thing about it is like when the whole album wins the award yeah. everybody that's on it wins the award essentially right. so pasta noose <laughs> has a dove award like <laughs> that's hilarious. I didn't even know they had one, man. Yeah. Yeah, they might have to, you know, you might have to get some corrections on on my version of the story, but that's no, roughly true, I think. I remember when uh we dropped Listen Up, they didn't even have a, a hip hop category. It wasn't even a gospel mm. rap category. Sure. Yeah, it was fun. Well there there wasn't much out yet. I mean nah, it was you guys like literally created the the genre. I think DC Talk was kind of coming around then. Sure. Um, yeah. And then uh PID was out. Yeah. And then uh yeah, there was me and I think D-Boy. It was a couple of uh, cats. Oh yeah, yeah. Around started yeah. popping out. Yeah, rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, I remember Broken bringing me out there and uh they wanted me to uh introduced these cats to a uh, gospel rap because they had never heard it, heard it before. <laughs> so it was just funny, man. Watching all wow. the car, dude. And these guys were all like sitting there like with their ties on. And I'm like jumping around and throwing. <laughs> <laughs> I did it on purpose, man. Joe was all nervous. But at the end, I know they didn't know what the heck was going on, but I, somehow I connected. With, they all stood up and clapping. It was funny, man. Wow. It was just uh that's dope. It was I wish I could have recorded that. That could have been a video. <laughs> Cuz they looked like like man just like uh it looked like a like I was in a Mormon gathering. Just <laughs> 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 everyone was in the <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I can picture it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And ha ha having lived in Nashville and been around the, that industry, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and yeah. and, and it, it, even even when 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 I was in the thick of it, and back when you put out orgasmic arrangements and came back, I mean, sure things were changing, but in a lot of ways they hadn't changed. I mean, uh -huh. they they were the same organization in so many ways. Uh, uh, and I and I don't want to I don't want to hate on them or anything, but, but they were definitely detached from what you were trying to do. Yeah, I don't think they really understood it. But you know that stuff had never that dove none of that was ever really important to me. What was more important yeah. was the uh, the gospel. Uh, I think it was the Christian book, the CBA. I think a Christian book association. Oh yeah, yeah. That was important because you know they were pre-order and just put you in them stores. That's what we needed because it was actually right. Christian bookstores then that people were going into. <laughs> and I remember yeah. uh, we got in pretty good. We we made a pretty good uh, I mean, I think the people pushed them, man. They were always yeah. coming in, requesting us and stuff. So sure. uh, on my third album, I remember on our third album, we shipped. We shipped. 70,000 units. So, wow. And that's, yeah. And so, so after two albums of just grinding, first album, there wasn't yeah. really nothing. Second album, to, to get to be able to move that on the third album is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, 
and the third the third phase three that like that album like that that was my introduction to you um because like i was growing up and like I've, I've said this before on earlier podcasts but uh you know growing up i was like just into like metal and hip-hop right. and i had an uncle who i would always go over to his house and like look through all his tapes and i remember you know my first quote-unquote like christian rap record i ever heard was stephen wiley okay and um and i was like ah you know this is all right you know but um and then people were like oh what about dc talk and like it just to me it wasn't like right, hip hop right. you know it, wasn't it what was you were too, looking for that's for sure no yeah, it was just, it was more yeah. poppy and just wasn't my thing yeah and um i remember hearing phase three and i the hood's a good song because it had like i don't know if it was a deliverance or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I, I was like what is this and then when i listened to the whole album like this is like because i you know i'd listen to like public enemy right, right. you know run dmc like you know so that's what i was listening to and so like when i heard that i'm like this sounds like what i listened to it doesn't sound like you know it, it's like hip-hop right. you know but like but with Christ in it, as opposed right, right. to like, oh, well, this is this is what all the church kids listen to. So let's try to do this. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like not kicking dirt on anybody, but right. I'm just saying like, yeah. for me, I'm like, oh, this was authentic hip hop music from somebody who is hip hop. Correct. Yeah. 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 And in, in, in the in the late 80s, it, uh, a lot of the Christian hip hop was, um, you know, you know, was just a notch or too down in in quality from what the mainstream was doing but a lot of that was because uh production quality could only do so much on a smaller budget and that kind of thing but i'll tell you what uh phase three that stands out i mean from any record at that time and i'm not just talking christian records that held up on production quality it on writing uh, the the packaging, I mean, it was the whole thing and it was every bit as good as anything else in the market at that time. Uh, um, thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, that was, that was a slow yeah. album, man. It was trippy too because, you know, uh, Epic actually uh, yeah. picked that record up. So they I bought it at Sam Goody. <laughs> they flew us to New York, <laughs> took us to all these stores. Really? And, stuff, and you know, it was Dove got his five star uh, meal then, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, he did. They were riding around limos, man. We got the whole man. That's cool. And then only for them to send us back and until uh, it was brainstorming that uh, yeah, we we uh, we need to do more research. We really don't know how to market these guys mm. because of the gospel stuff. It was just yeah. weird, man. So it was like, yeah. whoever the mediator was, he wasn't strong enough to tell him, look, man, just all we wanted was a little bit of push behind it. We'd have got a city or something yeah. out of that, man. It would have took it to right. another level. Right. You know so, yeah, they, yeah. they, they kind of washed their hands from it because they couldn't get past the uh, Christian side of it. I'm like, man, we weren't even going that hardcore on them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah sure. And I mean, and also, like, it, and if it, it fits the era of yeah, like, you know, I mean, that was like what ninety, was it ninety two, ninety three? It's like yeah. that's when like Woo was popping off. That yep. was when you know, you know, Public Enemy. Yeah. So I mean, it's like all these groups that had something to say. Correct. You had uh -huh. something to say. It was, like, right. It was perfect time, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for some reason, they were scared of it. So they didn't really yeah. help us. They just put us out there and want. They wanted it to move without them doing anything. So that's why you yeah. saw it in Sam Goody and all, but it was never no no public uh, publications, no marketing mm -hmm. plan behind it. 
they wanted brainstorming them to do all that, and he didn't want to do all that. So we right. were stuck with whatever whatever wheel he had running, and that that kind of started a little chaos between me and that label too. Behind that, I was like, dude, really? Well, I was like, come on, man, you know what we got. Put yeah. Us our, pay to put us on a tour there. Put me on a tour with one of these cats. And let me go head up with them. Let me open up. I don't care. But you sure. know, back then yeah. you had to pay to get on these tours. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, throw me out there with Kane or or Chris, whoever. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, a, a Chris and Chris tour? That would have been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they didn't want to do none of that. So then I started getting that, you know, sour taste, man. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, Chris and KRS-One, um, didn't you have didn't you have an encounter with him at some point where you like you you and a couple other cats went and heard him speak? Yeah, it was me and, and XL. Oh, XL. Uh, me and okay. XL, we went. He was. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was speaking in uh, uh, Orange County at uh, Fullerton College. And okay. That's when he was, uh, you know, really on his uh, smashing Christian kind of vibe. Okay. So, yeah, so me and Todd with XL and XL, you know, he had this big old afro with the yeah. pick in it. With and the pick in it. <laughs> I'm carrying a thesaurus and you know they're big. Uh, yeah. And he had the Bible. So they see us all in line and we're together because we were gonna tag team him, right? Whatever he came with, I would look this. Cause you know how Chris gets he he says things. And you got to listen to what he's saying and attack exactly what he's saying or he'll trick you. Sure. So we were, yeah. we were kind of like going to attack you. And uh, it, it was just funny because everybody could see what we were there for. Because, you know, we had the shirts on. I had my SFC shirt on. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So, yeah. Uh, right when we get to it's our turn, the announcer comes on and says, thank you, everybody. We're out of time. <laughs> oh wow yeah, they rushed him off the stage and that was it so you you, you never got to to talk to him I about the bible or any of that stuff all of a sudden the time was out and he it was weird because it's i'm not gonna say he was doing that but it just felt like he was sure answering questions like way longer than he needed to answer them and then yeah. he got to us the dude just got in there Sorry, time's up. We got to go. And they rushed him off the stage. Have Man. you guys ever crossed paths since then? Yeah, we did cross paths. But that, the time we crossed paths was a, a gig. He was doing a gig. And uh, it's actually it was actually one of the highlights of my career. Because okay. at that time, Karis One was the, uh, the king of the stage. People didn't even want to go on tour with him. Cause he was blunt, you know what I'm saying? Well, cause of PM Don, right? Yeah, too many hits. <laughs> he was just a performer. He would just murder me. Yeah, yeah. So he was the promoter. Let us open up, but then the promoter didn't make, didn't have his money, so he cut out. So, oh, uh, so here we are. We're ready to rock, and he's backstage, and he's telling. I heard him yelling at his brother. Man, this dude, man, load up. the jump man we're just gonna shoot to la man let's get out of here and uh while he was doing that you know i'm like man this dude is already heated but uh i'm gonna just introduce myself blah 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 and i was like yo man i'm sorry for what's happening man but you know we're gonna go ahead and rock right now man you know just want to introduce myself to you he's like all right man all right so we went on stage 
And uh, when the set started, we didn't get a sound check. And the stuff started feedback. And so I started just going off freestyling about the whole thing and how about the promoter broke out with his money. And I was just going <laughs> off, right? And, it's, and, and then I had XL with me on the bass. And, you know, we're rocking nice. break beat. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm in a zone. I'm just going off. And then we, and it just flowed perfectly into our set. Once they got the sound right, I just like told him, and he, we just flew straight into the set. And wow. halfway through our set, I looked to the side and Karis one is on the side of the stage jumping up and down with us. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> it was crazy. So he actually rocked. He told his brother, he said, Hey man, y'all got me hyped, man. Hey man, let's just do the gig. And he did a free show. That's wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So yeah, that was my Karis one experience after the uh so i had a lot of respect for him even too to even rock that show like that you know he was yeah right so yeah no that that, that's a big that's a big deal and and that's kind of amazing that uh you you got to have that experience and it sounds like you may have even played a role in getting him to stick around so i mean i wanted you to say that <laughs> and well and, and he he does put on a mean show i've i've never seen him until last year right before the lockdowns he came and played in west palm beach i'm living in south florida these days and um and i went with with my now wife and godson and uh they'd never seen anything like it honestly um i don't know if either of them ever been to a hip-hop show except to see me perform and uh K, I, I mean, I like what I do, but KRS is leagues beyond, and um, and to be able to sit there and and hear so many songs that for years you know have been sort of the soundtrack of your life, you know, and to see him do it live, and that guy freestyles like nothing else, uh, and and you're right up there too. I mean, that was the thing. It's like um, there are there are a handful of rappers that i've seen live that just made an impression that you'll never forget and uh you know i i could probably list a handful of shows if i if i sat here and thought for a second but like two shows that come to my mind where i felt like the mc just knocked it out and was captivating from start to finish it was krs1 last year and it was in the top ramen nights era uh, when you were rocking at the Roxy, and I think I think you, yeah, you had a lab coat on at one point, maybe even the whole thing. I don't know, but those were just a couple of performances that to me were just absolutely unforgettable. Roxy was good. I remember that one. Man. That was a nice That's That's a good cool. show. You were at that, man. <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually, I, I dressed like an old school B-boy that night. Uh, so if if you saw some skinny white guy out in the crowd look like an old B-boy, that that was me. But uh, You look like a B-boy right now. <laughs> Not as skinny anymore, though. No, I, I had the short shorts and everything, man. I, I, I went all in for that show. But... Uh, but I was just in the audience, man. But but you you rocked it. And what what was captivating to me, um, not captive, not not the whole thing was captivating. What what was interesting to me was having been to see you as SFC, 
um, with your, your entourage. And then I don't even remember if you had a DJ that night. If you, if you did, I forgot him. I think it was just you. (laughs) I had the whole laptop, all that on. Yeah. That was my laptop. So what, what, what was that like to, uh, you had a few years since you had put out an album as SFC and then you started coming out doing B-side and, uh, a, a lot of independent stuff. Um, what, what, what was that like? What was your big motivation at that time? Cause I mean, you're, you were, you were doing a little different, you know, and your vibe, it was even like really dialed in to you specifically. I felt like, right. Yeah. Well, you know, as an artist, you, uh, of course, your craft just keeps getting better and better. And, uh, you know, production-wise, MC-wise, all that never stopped. You know, if you listen to every one of my records, it sounds better than the last record, in my opinion. It just kept yeah. getting better and better and better. So, uh, of course, I had I didn't want to carry SFC because it was just me. You know what I mean? Right, and like, yeah. And I've always... Well, been, it was just you by illumination though right yeah yeah it was just me by illumination yeah exactly so uh my name is i've always been soup and i used to have a crew called the chemistry crew so it was, i just right yeah so that was my original sure. first crew before i even okay got saved or anything we were the chemistry crew so i was okay. already on that tip uh so all i did was just go back to my roots basically and uh sure. You know, I started spelling soup correctly because everybody kept calling me sub. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm like, man, Pompey, let's just spell it correctly. And then uh, <laughs> the chemist, man, because I've always been, I always uh, looked at my music as uh, as chemistry. It, like, for instance, we're talking phase three. I, t- I, I layered so many different sounds to make one sound. You know what I mean? Like, there'll be, man, if I had to pay for samples, I wouldn't have got a dime for that record. It's almost Bomb Squad style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, almost like their yeah. style, man. I would just uh, layer, I would layer different elements to get the one element. So, mm-hmm. you know, it would just be, so it was, that's kind of like chemistry. You're just putting all these yeah. elements together to get this certain reaction or, or create this certain reaction. So, yeah. That's always yeah. been my approach to music. Even when I write my lyrics or when I do a pattern, I like to picture myself as like almost like I'm really into jazz. So I almost, if you listen to like a sax player or something, they're, they're hitting these notes, but they're kind of in these pockets. And that's why if you listen to me, I'm almost kind of off beat, yet I'm on beat because right. uh, that's the way I picture myself, like a sax. Yeah, you know, so that that vibe abs- absolutely comes through when you when you run. That's for sure. It's very jazzy. Yeah, yeah. So I'm very uh. That's so the chemistry soup. The chemist. It wasn't just like some fancy name. I actually that was all actually my get down, man. That's why the whole yeah. lab code. You know, I'm like, let me just yeah. take it all away, man. How it is, you know? What I'm saying? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. So, so the beakers. Yeah, wasn't this so when you were, you know, when you went by Super C? Uh Because I was just thought like you went by Soup, just a shortening of Soup from Super C. I turned it into when I got saved. 
because everybody knew me as Soup. So when I got okay. saved, I just said Soup every day remembering Christ. That's what Super Soup. Oh, okay. Was. So it was oh, like God. a little, you know. <laughs> See, I thought it was kind of like a, okay, well that's maybe like too like old schooly sounding. So I'm gonna kind of update it or something. Yeah, yeah. No, it actually stood for Soup every day remembering Christ. So got you. But it was still Soup. Well, the other thing. The other thing too I was thinking about too, especially with you being, you know, from Cali in Cali, is does anybody ever get confused like because there's soup from Jurassic Five? No. Uh but it okay. there was questions <laughs> like cats would okay. say stuff like, yo, man, you guys might have to battle for that name. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> or collab. <laughs> but it never it never it never happened. So it yeah. never it never became I think because I had the chemist on mine, but yeah, then yeah. it was even sure. funnier because you had soup in their group and then you had cut chemist. Cut chemist. <laughs> yeah, yep. that's true. Yep. It was like, what the heck? Is yep. Going on, man? That's true. <laughs> you have to battle the whole crew. <laughs> You're going to have to do an MC and DJ battle, dude. <laughs> yeah, so it was hilarious, man. But, you know, I, I would show like, up for that. Know, I don't even know when Jurassic came on the scene. So I think. It wasn't sure. an issue because I was yeah, yeah, already yeah. on the scene, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. now, now you've, you, you've worked with uh, a lot of different cats, even outside of hip hop. And, you know, one of, one of the people that I always thought it was so cool that you worked with and worked with a lot was Gene Eugene. Yeah. Um, now, now I, I, I uh, didn't dig out my records and probably should have to look at the liner notes, but I'm curious. Um, what? Tell me. Well, tell our our listeners a little bit about who Gene Eugene was and a little bit about your relationship with him. Well, you know, Gene Eugene was co-owner of Broken Records, so that was our initial connection. Sure. But sure. Gene was a uh, he. <laughs> Gene loved music, man, and he was a genius. Yeah. When I say a genius, he literally was a genius child. He hated people to call him that, but he literally mm. was a genius child. <laughs> wow. Like, wow. He was super smart. He would just yeah. he would just study something and never forget it. You know, he was a kid actor. He was on Bewitched and all that. And uh um, Really? Oh yeah. I didn't realize it. <laughs> yeah. So but he, he never it was it was strange. He didn't he didn't it's almost like he ran from Instead of embracing that genius side of him, he ran from it. But mm. uh, when we got together, I made him feel comfortable in that, and he would he would reveal to me how deep he was. And and uh, wow, in that studio, man, he would do stuff like that. I man, when it came to mixing and understanding that studio, I do was on another level, dog. He would yeah. he would clip like this. You know how now you copy and paste, get rid mm-hmm. of stuff. He was doing that with tape in the studio, the two inch tape. He would cut it, cut it out, put it over here. Put... I'm like, dude, how do you even know how to do it? You know what I'm saying? Amazing. That's, this is how he he self taught himself all this stuff. So yeah, he would uh he he learned he he didn't know how to read music, but if you put something in front of him. And you tell him the notes, he'll learn it. It was weird. Wow. So I would watch him, uh, you know, work. And somehow he enjoyed, he enjoyed, uh, I guess he saw the potential in me. 
but I didn't know how to bring it. I didn't know how to do it. So he, yeah. like, he's the one that got me my first drum machine, put me in okay. the back room. I, I stayed in his back room nights just trying to learn how to work it, you know? And, sure. Uh, he, Gene, he had all these soul records, man. He was just, his records looked like my man, Pondaxia right there, just crazy, right? <laughs> and, it's yeah, Gene, man, he would play and he knew how to play all the riffs on all that stuff, man. So it was just a trip working. Yeah. With him. So we had that bond because he and he loved hip hop and sampling. He loved the art of sampling. So yeah, that it just built this crazy bond with us. So he would even put yeah. into sessions that had nothing to do with anything. Like I remember him getting a call from REM. For them, they wanted him to mix some songs for them, you know? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, so uh, that was our connection, man. It was strictly music. It was just a right, right. connection. Well, I, I just feel like um, it had to have an influence on on the records, you know, in a way that um, is – well, how do I put this? Like, um, well, he's, he's almost like a Rick Rubin Correct. in – you know, I, like to he, answer what you're about to say, yeah, I wish he was sure. pushing harder than he did. Mm. But since he really, yeah, because he was really intelligent and, and hear things, and but I think he he was kind of like he really enjoyed what I was doing, so he didn't, yeah, he didn't give me a lot of input, which I wish he would have. I think we would have sure. came out with even way better material. Yeah. With, with yeah. Like again, a full he started giving it to me on dust. And if you listen okay. to some of that stuff on dust, it, it was, a uh, it was some crazy stuff on there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean that album, it's like, there's so much stuff where you started going out outside of just like traditional, like boom bat. Correct. Like, yeah, experimenting. We I mean, you know, yeah. and as like, far as like, you know, like, like for instance, that song Dancy, he played all that. He did it. He just, yeah. Oh, wow. That's him. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like a whole orchestra. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, that That's amazing. Um, that, did, now, did you, did you work with him all the way up until he passed? Or did you guys kind of part ways that's musically and last, you kind of... That was the last record. And uh, after that, um, it got weird between uh, me and uh, Tooth and Nail. Before the record even came out, we were already fighting each other. And you okay. know, Gene didn't want to get in the middle of that. So we kind of, sure. it, it wasn't that we stopped working together. It just hmm. kind of grew apart a little bit, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I would say that was only like maybe a year, not even a year, and then he passed away. Yeah. Before okay. I even came to him with the what else, I, what up, this whole record I was gonna do, uh, Eric Asmic yeah. and all that. Yeah, he he was gone. Yeah, well, because yeah. there's that song on um, pieces, uh, his you know his like the solo joint he did that you guys were having the song about. Yeah, the you here, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. that was a that was a good song. He's yeah. touching, yeah. you know. So it was kind of a shocker, man. Like just gone because I'm actually we hung out. One time before that happened, he actually uh, took me to the Run DMC concert at the House of Blues. He wanted nice. to roll with him because he knew uh, Jam Master Jet. 
Okay. Jay gave him two tickets. And he was like, yo, man, come to me with the gig. So he had his whole team. <laughs> it was funny as heck, man. <laughs> and we're That's there. amazing. But it was the first time, uh, I guess, uh, Walk This Way, them cats, did it live mm. with them on stage. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And so it was a big night. Yeah, they're there in Hollywood, the House of Blues. So that was our last time really kicking. Wow. So you, you, you actually saw, I mean, let me just let this sink in. You actually saw Run DMC and Aerosmith perform Walk This Way while you were in the audience with Gene Eugene. That's, this sounds made up. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. It was a trip. And I didn't know, yeah. I didn't know that that was their first time ever performing it together. I thought they had been yeah. rocking out across everywhere. Sure. Yeah, but no, that oh. was their first time live together like that, man. So that wow. was good. Especially for it to be in LA too. And Jam Master J. It was like, man. Yeah. 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 And that that, that wasn't long before uh Jam Master J was killed, right? Yeah, he was gone man. after that. Oh man. Lord have mercy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, music is uh gave me a lot of blessings, man. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that was no, it, that was a good brother, man. Really uh really learned a lot of studio stuff from him, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's 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 amazing. Yeah, I, I I really wanted to ask you about that because I I think that um you know the people we build relationships with and the people we create art with, uh they have an impact on us, and uh, we may have an impact on them. And it's, it's often, you know, even, even if your primary relationship with him was primarily in the studio, um, I still think it comes out to real life. You know, oh I, I've got, I've got bonds with dudes I just made music with and we did almost nothing else. Um, but the, you, you'll never forget those times and what you created together is, is always going to stand there and is out going to outlive both of us, you know, uh, Potentially, you know, oh, that kind of thing. Uh, so you're talking about clowning and man, we got so many. It was just funny because uh, <laughs> since I have these dats now, I was listening oh, yeah. to some of them and we're clowning in between all the dats. I got them clown. It's just we used to have so much fun in the studio as well. It didn't stop. It was wasn't only sure. on the road, it was in the studios too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, hilarious I, times, man. But that was. I I, I, I wonder, uh, you know, if if everything you know that uh, clowning around that gets recorded, you know, ever surfaces, what that does to the artist, you know, your your face goes pale, you know. I <laughs> when we were doing uh, our record, we we only had one record that was for a label, um, that that wasn't you know a small indie label or whatever that we were connected with. But um, when, when we were doing that record uh, one day, the producer, we were just taking a break and he goes, Hey, check this out. And he hit play. And I thought I'm going to hear a new mix or something. Um, oh my gosh. I have a filthy mouth in the studio apparently because <laughs> he recorded so much stuff that I'm like, if you ever showed this to the label, I'm fired. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We were clown, man. We, did you know, you gotta enjoy, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, maybe we'll get like uh, some like you know deluxe editions of <laughs> stuff with like you know little yeah. clowning interludes or something. Funny. 
I mean, we were so um, way well, out. Everybody, I would have to explain some of them. You guys would be like, what? what? Right. <laughs> we were just so <laughs> yeah, way out. Of stuff. Yeah. It was all these inside jokes with all the other crews. and Yeah, it was sure. just fun. But that was uh, the green room was like, that was like the hangout, man. He lived there, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. So what 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 was that? What was that like? It was like a house where like part of like half of it was a studio oh, or what? Studio had a SL okay. back and that place was crack. Yeah, it was a beautiful. So whoever built that studio, man, they got busy, dude. Like yeah, we'd have it up to ten, man. You go inside the house, you could barely even hear it. Wow. Nice. Wow. Yeah. So those neighbors didn't, people didn't even know there was a studio like that back there, man. Right. John, John Gibson recorded his old record back there. All the Adamant, uh, again, records were back there. Yeah. Wow. We recorded some of Phase Reader and then we went to, uh, I forgot who those dudes were, man. Uh, they were brothers. They had this something brothers, man. They had, this was their new studio. And for some reason, they wanted to use us as their, uh, you know, a platform to get other people in there. It was a dope studio, yeah. though. Yeah. Now, when when uh, when you did Eargasmic Arrangements, um, did you have a particular studio used in L.A., or did you just record in a lot of bedrooms, or what What were you doing by that point? Because technology that, had changed. Yeah, that album I recorded in a garage, man. That's when everything wow. started changing. It was like you didn't need all this fancy stuff. Yeah, we did right. that whole album right in the garage, man. And then, uh, well, I recorded uh, all my vocals. I recorded a lot of the beats in the in, in the garage. But then I recorded all the vocals and the mix and everything. Cookbook did that at the L.A. Symphony Studio. Okay. Yeah. Tara Dome. He, he hooked me up, dog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, his fingerprints were were kind of on that record in a lot of places, right? Yeah, man, uh, it's true, man. If, if it wasn't for Cookbook, that wouldn't have never even came out. Wow. Because yeah, uh, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Oh yeah, a lot of cats were hating on me, man. They just a lot of dudes had you know put on had they were in a position to help me out, and uh, yeah, he's the only one that stepped up, man. Wow. That's well, cool. He, he said, man, he said, uh, he said, man, I ain't going to just, uh, I don't want to do a couple of the songs. I want to do, I want to do the full album for you, man. This album's going to be dope. And I was like, thank you, man. Let's do it. You didn't even ask for wow. the money. <laughs> so wow. I said, most everybody on that LP did everything like just out of love for you, yeah, right? Yeah, Birds, uh, Al yeah. Black, uh, Dr. Who, yeah. all these dudes are yeah. uh, well-known. Yeah. Capone. LA, LA legend dudes, man. They just came yeah. in there and rocked. Yeah. You know, and I think I think that's what I loved, especially like, you know, on Dust and Eargasmic is like, you know, you could definitely tell your love for like hip hop, like as a whole, you know, where uh, there, I felt like there was starting to kind of be this division as far as, there was a two degree, maybe always a division as far as like gospel hip hop, Christian hip hop, and then like, quote unquote secular like for me i'm like hip-hop was hip-hop yeah, hip so hip-hop right <laughs> yeah you know like i was talking to uh somebody on the phone you know we were talking about krs and he came out with that uh that spiritually minded album right right and i was kind of like yo man like how is he gonna have some of these other dudes on there and not you yeah yeah you know like but 
So I mean, I yeah, mean, that's was, what I really it, like. It was, a, it was a, it was, I don't know, the industry because even today it's still a little strange when it divided me. It's like I never created a, a standoff type of standoffish type of vibe. So I don't know what it is either. Uh, I'd hate, I'd hate to think that they think I can't hang. <laughs> I don't know what. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, you know, I've never had no problem uh, rocking myself and just doing what I do, man. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. you, when they, when when these cats give me all this resistance, even like when I, I was speaking about this old book thing, man. You know, it just makes me work harder and, and hit it harder, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So that's why uh, I'm coming out with another edition of the book because I've sold out on all everything I had. So uh, nice. In the in the present, that's why you see this whole mic, everything set up, man. So uh, I'm coming. Um, I've been wanting to do some stuff, but there was like no reason. So I mean, yeah. I mean, 50 years old it's like what what am i rapping about you know what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) but i'm like i've been really thinking about it and the material i have i don't sound dated i don't Mm -hmm. i don't just i i I don't even want to uh say what i used to do i'm just gonna bust like if i'm a new right now i'm new on the market but i'm gonna use i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do some stuff to promote this book the second nice so i am gonna release some stuff but it's, it's gonna be attached to the book that's a good idea what, what what's the what's your projected time frame on all of that if if you got one yet you know man i uh that's the cool thing i don't really know i'm just <laughs> sure <laughs> okay but yeah the reason i say it's cool and I don't want to like say I'm all that, but the stuff I've been testing and doing, it almost seems kind of timeless. Like I could put it out next year and it's still ain't nobody doing what I'm kind of coming with right now. You know what I'm sure. saying? Sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So, and, and it, it all, it's almost in tune with, with what we're talking about because it would have been, it would have moved faster but I couldn't get cats to commit on giving me beats. And then one thing that did give right. me beats, it was just like, man, don't throw me your bottom beat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, I, I, haven't, I haven't made beats in a long time, man. So I was like, pump it. These cats are yeah. coming at me like that. I already know what I, I could hear what I want to rap over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I went out and I got this sucker right here. <laughs> machine uh, and nice. i just got my own stuff and this machine this piece of hardware does uh 10 times what i used i'm used to working on so yeah it, it does more hot. than this if i can't make nothing <laughs> hot on this i don't need to put nothing out yeah, yeah. but now now you guys uh i need you both to tell me what you held up because i can see it but oh, yeah. the average podcast listener isn't seeing this. Oh, they can't see that. So, well, I got what, what? the machine MK, MK3. Okay. Yeah, and I was MK3. holding up um, I was holding up the uh, Boss Dr. Groove 
Two oh two. I used to have a groove box. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> that disappeared on tour once. <laughs> well, I bought this sucker, and uh, yeah, I was really challenged, man, because it's very difficult. It's not user friendly, like okay. real. And there is like, like for instance, I was calling when Peace. I posted that I got it. He can't stand that thing because he said it was just it's too hard to work. He took uh, it back. Yeah, he's like Ableton, right? Yeah, he's an Ableton cat. See, now I didn't, I can't speak about any of it because I don't know how to work none of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, okay, I'm, I started looking at all these tutorials and I'm seeing what these dudes are doing with this thing. So it's just a, it's just a, it just comes down to applying yourself and learning it. Don't try to make beats on barely knowing how to work it. Because that's the mm-hmm. mistake I made when I got the MPC. I didn't learn it. I just learned how to sample and just put the junk out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. Now, yeah. so now I'm like literally, I'm in class and I'm learning how to work this thing. And uh, Soldier from Future mm-hmm. Shock is a yeah. he's a master on this thing. So he was he he he's been helping me. He's like, so you know, nice. calm down. This is what you do. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. So I got he's an ill drummer too. Yeah, and he's a good drummer. So I've been I got a just like I had for the book, I got like about a little crew that I said beats to that are all honest cats and tell me, yeah, that's dope, that's whack. Nice. And that's where I'm at right now. So I'm just nice putting on and you know, the more uh, the more I get told no, the better the beats are getting. <laughs> so, yeah, right, yeah. right. So as soon as uh, you know, I get like I'm about three songs in right now. That, okay. Uh, and I'm gonna just start, you know, putting stuff up, man. But it feels good because before I when I first was thinking about doing this, I was just some angry dude. I just wanted to talk smack about cats you know what i mean i had no vision it was just dumb yeah and i ran it by some cats and they were like dude you sound like an angry old christian rapper <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't what you were going for no, I'm like, and i'm like well i can't take how does that look you taking your frustration out on the mic on other people it's like First off, they don't owe you nothing. Nobody owes you anything. Okay, yeah, number one. Right. Number two, you know, this is not, people look at you a certain way. Why would you, you're up here talking about there's no unity. Why would you add to their no unity? Mm, <laughs> and I'm like, right. they're just crushing me, man. Crushing me. Right? Yeah. I went, yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. Speak wisdom into me, man. Calm me down. So then I just was like, yeah, there's no reason to even put anything out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then when I sold the book, sold all out on the book, I noticed that there was a lot of people that were still like hitting me up. They were like, hey, man, I, I, just, I just seen that you got a book out. I'm trying to buy it, though. Like, And I'm like, wait a minute. So for like three years, I've been banging on you guys and you didn't even know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So there's uh, a lot of people that don't even know I had a book. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. I'm like, okay. Well, then what would be a better way? Because I would, I want, I would like to do what they call an enhanced ebook, where I okay. just have all this. So I would have the book, uh, audio book, and then new music videos, and you just click and read the book and click on all this stuff, and it's all in one format either yeah. on an ebook or some type of app. And that's why I'm at yeah. trying to figure this out right now. How to do that. How to how to sure. incorporate all this and yeah. make sense with this with me doing music. So if I'm gonna go out yeah. and make it my last thing, why not make it if you're gonna do the audiobook, you gotta be the one to read it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am good. And um it's hilarious, dude. I can't I'm still on the first chapter, dog. I keep messing up reading my own book. <laughs> <laughs> It's not as easy as you think, man. <laughs> you know, uh, the I don't know if you ever read the Beastie Boys book, um, and the, that that one's a lot of fun. It's it's got a lot of like clips and different things inside the book. But they did an audio one, and one of the cool things they did is, uh, well, no, number one, the guys read it themselves, right? Um, but they would have certain excerpts read by other people. And of course, you know, they're the Beastie Boys. So, I mean, they're bringing in like, I think, I don't know, maybe Will Ferrell did a section like Zach Galifianakis. Um, but then they also had like, um, you know, there was a girl who was one of the original Beastie right, Boys. Right. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Drummer. Yeah. Katie, and, Katie something. Yeah. And they kind of, uh, you know, they kind of screwed her over and huh. early on. And then, and then, you know, as they got older and more mature, they felt pretty bad about it. And uh, they, they kind of make it right in the book but they actually let her read a certain a a certain section yeah that's like from her and it was a beautiful thing you know so it's it's just uh i only bring that up to say that like you know it's kind of exciting to hear that you're doing something you know possibly a you know re-release of your book uh and that there are going to be other stuff to go with it because i think uh your creativity is because i was actually going to bring my son in to help me read it (laughs) Ooh, nice. Yeah. That would be good. This is him, man, you know. So yeah. yeah. And it would be cool like if you did the cover, like the cover of Dust. Yeah. Where he's on it, but he hasn't <laughs> grown up. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, man. Thank you. Right <laughs> hey, that's a that's at least an advertisement right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Instagram ad or you know something. What? I'm glad that you bring that up, though, Jamie, man, because I haven't listened to uh, any uh, other audio books, so I didn't know mm-hmm. where I, what sure. I could do, like how yeah. crazy I can get. Because to me, when I was reading it, I was like, okay, man, I got 247 pages. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to, this, this could be boring by me just reading it. Yeah. So yeah, that's good to know that I can do all this trippy stuff. And yeah, yeah. Because uh, I was, I that's had insane. that in mind, like even putting like little music on parts stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah. So. Well, even even uh, another one. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, the actor, uh-huh. um, he just came out with a memoir and he read it himself. And if you just read it on the page, that's fine. It's a good book, right? But when you hear him reading it, the way he reads it, it sounds like he's hanging out, sitting at your dining room table, you know, with a beer in his hand or something. And he gets energetic. He gets emotional. 
he gets sad sound, you know, it's, it's kind of all over the place. So yeah, I mean, you can just do a book where you just do quality reading and there's nothing wrong with that, but you can also have a lot of fun with it. And I think the way your book is, is written, I think it lends itself well to, yeah, to, to be yeah. all over the place with it. Cause I was, I actually, by, you know, reading some of it and going back and listening to it, I was like, yeah, I can't imagine me even sitting here listening to this for 200 and some pages. <laughs> so, oh. so I'm like, yeah, I got to spice this up. I got to do something. So I'm going to play with it, man. Once I start uh, getting deeper, get out the first chapter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that'll be dope. I mean, I was kind of bummed because, I mean, I got your book, but I missed out when you did. It was like a best of thing that you did with it, CD. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was like, I missed that on that. So I was like, oh, man. Oh, yeah. So, it, uh, that was part of the uh, the um, pre-order. Yeah. What was that? The Kickstarter thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. People, yeah. yeah, they got on the Kickstarter. I gave them. It was basically my whole catalog, man. I just gave it up. Mm. But yeah, I'm going to. I'm all that's going on here, man. I'm telling you, I'm, everything I got. And now that I got the instrumentals, I might even throw those on there too, man. <laughs> sure. So, yeah. Find the acapellas too. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to look for those. <laughs> yeah. It's on another computer. Another dad. <laughs> another dad tape. Sorry. Yeah. I'm talking like it's present. <laughs> so, also, hard as, far as, as far as current projects and stuff, uh just from like instagram posts like so do you are you like a partner co-owner of like a bar and grill in jamaica like yeah, Limelight? yeah i got a bar and grill in jamaica called a uh, Lime, limelight bar and grill and uh nice yeah i built it in uh it's ultra reels saint anne ultra reels but you know they got these districts out there so that's lime hall district but it's really ultra reels and uh it's pretty dope it's a dope uh, experience man uh, I saw the opportunity because I go out there a lot and uh, the, the cat, um, I built it on his land. He lives above it. It was just a, mm. just a bunch of dirt. And I was like, man, we're always going hanging out at everybody else's spots. And I'm like, well, dude, you got all this right here. It's on the, uh, it's on one of the roads that go to uh, a lot of tourists pass it to go to the Bob Marley, Bob Marley Museum. Uh, so I'm like, yeah. and it's like word. Word. right up the street from uh, where Marcus Garvey was born. And, oh, word. And, wow. And the li they got a library, a Marcus Garvey library right there. So I was like, man, this would be perfect, dog. <laughs> my we kick it here anyway, right? So we right. built it, we play our own music, do our own thing. And at the same time, I, uh, you know, gave a, uh, I got like eight people from the neighborhood working for me. So oh, that's man. awesome. Yeah, so we, we're taking care of the locals as well. And since this pandemic, you know, everything's been on lockdown over there. Yeah. The actual locals have been keeping us even open, man. So we're getting a wow. lot from the locals, not even uh, the tourists, because there's no tourists right now, which is a great feeling because we're not yeah. in the tourist spot. You dig? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, man, that's there. Limelight Park. How long have you had that? It'll be three years now. Wow. Yeah, but like that's cool. Didn't even count last year and then some of this year. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
but that's that's amazing and that's that's got to feel good to to build that and then and then have it validated by the by the people who live there you know people that live there is a really great feeling yeah i haven't had a chance to uh really start getting the uh the tourist uh traffic yet because this pandemic hit yeah right when yeah ready for all that and uh, yeah you know but we're still you know we're using this opportunity too to make it even better than it was so when the things get open up man you know you guys come to jamaica man Dude, I'm there, bro. Yeah, there. I'm already thinking that's got to happen. And keep it linked up, man, because I take a I take a crew every year. And we do it all ourselves, and it's in a well, I was say, amazing. I was like, and so who did the electrical work? At? Well, I did some of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I used to do. I used to work at a cabinet shop, so I know some woodworking. You oh know what man, I mean? so, Dude, we you know, use I, I, man. We built our yeah. own tables, everything out there. <laughs> Yeah, I, I could, you know, I could paint and all that too. So. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> that's know, amazing. Yeah, it's a trip too because uh, I used a lot of, uh, you know, they're they're there every day. They they're not going no island. People have no right, <laughs> right, like, right. They wake yeah. up tomorrow and they'll stare at what needs to be done for like six hours <laughs> and do it. Where us, we're like, man, you know, so. First, I had to yeah. I had to get patient. But what the funny thing is, you know, I'm seeing all it's tropical all around the joint, right? And yeah. certain areas we wanted to, you know, well, we're gonna put, you know, chairs and people could sit. But there's this nice tree, man, with bananas falling off of it. And like, you know, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to tear the tree down, man. You know, <laughs> because you know, we, 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 we they see it every day. Us, it's like. That's, we don't see trees like that, man. You yeah. know, right? right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's so, amazing. So we had to go. So I had to literally, uh, I had to talk with somebody, and they were like, they were like, "Look, man, let this dude design it, and you come in and put the your twist on it, but let him design it." And sure. I'm glad I listened because. If I would have designed it, we wouldn't be getting the support. It wouldn't have been a Jamaican yeah. thing. Right. He made it a Jamaican thing. Yeah. And yeah. When you go to Jamaica, you, as a tourist, you want the Jamaican thing, right? Right. I was going to put all this little whatever. <laughs> and I, it was. Sure. It was now. So it turned. I'm glad I listened because. Now I could just put a twist on his Jamaican thing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, so when uh, tourists come, they're getting this crazy experience that they right because line uh, ultra reels, line hall, Saint Anne. There's a lot of uh, artists that come from that area, you know, like close in that area. Like you got uh, Steel Pulse is from there. Oh. Uh, let me see. Uh, man, who else? Uh, Capleton was born uh, St. Mary, but he stayed there. So you got uh, like these top. What about Sizzler? Sizzler is from that area. Uh, there's another cat, uh, Busy Signal. Oh, yeah. All these dudes are from that area. So nice. amazing. But after, a, a, after a letting him do what he did, 
I started putting all around the bar. I got these uh, quotes, carvings of these dudes' faces, all this stuff. So when you're chilling and just like listening to the vibes and walking around, you're going to see all this, all the uh, things that took place in Lime Hall, St. Anne. You're going to see it awesome. and just it's just going to trip you out. You know, you ever just been hanging and just kind of sitting on something and you reading and you're like, oh, wow, you know, what is this? Sure. All yeah. Influence, all this information is going to be all over the bar. Just and I'm going to just put it in weird places like yeah, on the ground right here. And you're just going to be chilling and saying, <laughs> oh, wow. And you know what I mean? That's, so that's yeah, table legs and whatnot. Yeah. And then I'm I uh, love it. so that the vibe is going to be uh, going even deeper with the Jamaican people. So that's the goal of at that place too, man. Yeah. I love it. Do, do you have any other uh, projects or things that you want to plug or talk about? Anything you got going on that uh, you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, I have this uh, this new uh, beard cream coming out. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, where's your beard, man? Uh, no joke, man. I just like killed my whole grill, man. The other the other day, I was just. I've been rocking the gold tea and all that forever, man. So yeah, I just was looking at my face and was like, man, I wonder how I look without this. And I took a little bit of all, just <laughs> killed it all, man. And then you hit me up and was like, hey, we got this old beard thing, and I'm like, oh man, I got this naked <laughs> pedophile face right now, homie. <laughs> well, now I I did read uh, one of your tours that you came back off of that you guys all came back looking like mountain men. Man. With big beards. All have beards, though. <laughs> Did that happen a lot? You just didn't shave on tour, or was nah, that just an isolated that thing? One for some reason. <laughs> that was the one with, uh, that was like our last big tour with PID, man. All of us. Okay. Uh, DJ Trippin', Rest in Peace, uh, JT. We all have beards. <laughs> well, we, beards. we, we want to see that. We want to see a picture of that yeah, if that ever surfaces, man. Picture of that. It's oh, hilarious, man. That was a I've been seeing it. All of us, because I think even PID had all beer. Everybody had a beer. <laughs> we, we it's crazy because like you see. Uh, we did like a 60 city tour. Wow. wow. Yeah, we had 60 dates. That's a huge tour. Yeah, so we we're on the road for like three, four months, just rocking every night. Wow. Drive to the next wow. city, rock. Drive to the next city, rock. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. Good times, though. That was like the first real gospel about tour, man. We did it mm-hmm. ourselves. Hey, man, am I losing light? I see I'm getting darker here. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah. 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 We could, we could see it better look, now. I was starting to look red, homie. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting dark over there. <laughs> yeah. So, where well, you uh, now, man, where are you at now, man? Are, are you talking to me? Yeah. Are you t- so I, I live in South Florida. Oh, you're in South Florida. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a- after, after I met you in, you know, obviously I'm from Bakersfield, California. Then I lived in Nashville. Yeah. Then I moved to Hawaii. I moved to Philadelphia and then I've been in South Florida for a while. So yeah, been around a little bit. And, uh, Clayton, what is South Florida though? What's considered South Florida? 
so, so like Fort Lauderdale, Miami. Fort Lauderdale's off the chain, man. That's like a little Jamaica. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's, it's amazing. I mean, in my area, I'm in a town called Boynton beach, my area. Uh, we have a lot of Haitians, um, but you it's like Haitian food is amazing, you know, and I, I never had that until I, until I moved to South Florida, but yeah. Miami tap one. Yeah. I got to check that out. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm writing that down. Tap Tap, tap one in Miami. Tap tap. All right, I'm gonna check that out. Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of good stuff to, uh, here, and and you know we've got some. Um, gosh, I think like Maceo lives here now. Like, a lot of people are moving to to Florida. I can actually. Um, I think Demi Marley so, lives out there. You out there too, bro? I think you're right. Clayton. No, I I'm in uh I'm in Portland in Oregon. Oh, you in Oregon? Nice. Yeah, up there. yeah. My son's sure. out that way, man. Oh, nice. Well, he, nice. He's a military yeah, baby, so he's in. Yeah, it ain't close to you, bro. <laughs> what is that uh Spokane, well, Washington, Spokane. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's oh, not yeah. too far. Like I know uh like Peace moved out like yeah. uh, I think Vancouver or something like that. So you know I got and a actually crazy, uh, uh, Pigeon Gene Eugene story when me and Gene went to Portland, man. Uh oh really? Yeah, we went to a movie theater and uh you know Gene was a short dude. So we went to go see this movie and all it was all the seats were even like at the theater you know how usually they go up <laughs> they were all yeah. <laughs> they were even so some dude like two two things sat in front of gene and gene couldn't see the movie man and he just had me rolling because he couldn't go like hey man what just happened man <laughs> oh my he gosh the dude, like hey I, I missed you bro what just happened <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, gee, man, you gotta get a fight out here, man. <laughs> oh, that was my uh, Portland experience with Gene. <laughs> Have you been to that theater, Clayton? <laughs> nah, like, I'm trying. I'm trying to rack my brain. <laughs> oh, dude, we're talking. Like, dude, we're talking the '90s, man. <laughs> yeah, man. like almost everything I can think of. I mean, it's <laughs> you know. That's amazing. Yeah, it was hilarious. Uh, yeah. Was- <laughs> Well, what, what, what are your uh, socials you'd like to plug or any other sites or anything like that? Websites you want to drop here? I'm on ID, uh, Suit the Chemist. Every, that's about it. That's okay. I'm real simple. With yeah. It. Suit the Chemist on IG. That's, that's basically the only place I hang out, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I got, uh, um, you know, uh, the Limelight. Yeah. Limelight in Jamaica. Yeah. No, that, so, that's good to plug. Uh, but yeah, I'm real simple, man. Instagram, suit the kip. <laughs> <laughs> Make it easy. I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I'm on there all the time, clowning, man. You ever want to say something, hit me up. I'm on there, man. I answer it. I try to answer everything. Nice. I try to talk to people. Cool. And, uh, you know, I stay active on there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, and people definitely need to check that out uh, and give you a follow. And, and uh, you've got a lot of your music um, streaming. I don't know. Is your whole catalog on iTunes at this point? iTunes, uh, Spotify, um, Amazon. I've been seeing it. It's on, it's on Deezer, too. Okay. 
I don't even know what that is. <laughs> hey, I saw an ad and it was free for three months. So I was like, "Lo, yo, let me get that." So, <laughs> <laughs> That's I know. I was like, "Deezer." I'm like, "All right." <laughs> hey, you know what's funny, man? Uh, when I got the instrumental the other day, I uh, I just wanted to see. I shazammed my own junk and it came up, man. It was fun. <laughs> That's, <dope. laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, yeah, uh, oh, title. I'm on title oh, okay. as well. Okay. Well, and, and to find it, I mean, they would put in Soup the Chemist, but some of your old stuff is yeah. on there as SFC, or would the SFC stuff also be uh, under Soup the Chemist? And coming up, I did, that's interesting, but it has been coming up. All, everything comes up under Soup the Chemist. Okay. 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 You can put both SFC, but there's like somebody else that pops yeah. up too. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. That and some medical stuff pops up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, well, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, but what, yeah. one time I was. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So everybody needs to check that out. Um, now I got two more questions for you before we let you go. Um, one is if you could point to like just that one song. What was what was the one rap song? Uh, that just changed everything for you. Uh, any artist? Any artist. Any artist. Seven Seal. Yeah. I think that might be the second time someone has said that on this show. Uh, be advised, they'll come. Yeah. Be advised, yeah. they're coming. Man, that's that song. Great. Yeah, that is, that's dope. That's a dope track. Yeah. Yeah, what? Go ahead. I was saying, Soup, actually, I, just, I was reading the book. I totally forgot. Like, you actually rocked it, Project Blood, a couple times, huh? Yeah, yeah. I've rocked the Project Blood. I've rocked with those dudes before. Opened up for AC Alone a couple of times. Nice. But, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that was my. Uh, I didn't. I didn't get to be there frequently because I had a job. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Thursday nights, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's either go hang out and rap all night or go to work. Right. So, yeah, but yeah, that was that place was amazing for talent, man. It got to a point where they had to ban video cameras coming in there because people were recording and stealing their style. Oh, wow. That's back when the camcorders was out, remember? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, they must have been pretty big back then. You know. Well, it was it was, it was the Mark Park, so it was big for that area. Yeah. Sure. But it was so much dope talent in there. Like, uh, for instance, that whole camera thing we're speaking about, you can do the research yourself. You're familiar with Volume 10. Mm -hmm. Right? I don't. Evidently, I don't. Okay. Yeah. And he was a really, he was a comical kind of rhymer, but he was serious. He okay. would just do all these, like just rapping, like yeah. that's how he rapped. Wow. So, some cats from Ice Cube's camp came in there was filming some junk 
And next thing you know, Ice Cube came out with gorillas in the Oh, wow. <laughs> I wondered if that's where you were going with that. <laughs> so I'm just saying there was a lot of groups that were borrowing from these guys wow. there. Yeah. And since it was since it was the neighborhood, who whoever thinks that it's gonna blow up kind of vibe, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. They were taking it and taking it and making it like it's theirs. Like there's there's a there's a big argument that Bone Thugs and Harmony yeah. stole all that style from T. Yeah, I heard mm. that. Which was part yeah. of Freestyle style Fellowship. fellowship yep. Which if you listen to their first demo before they came to LA and then you listen to what they did after visits to the mm-hmm. <laughs> to the good life. Wow. So you know those that's how ahead of the time that whole vibe was. Yeah. It was just a dope place to be and a dope time for hip hop because it was just a lot of talent in there, a lot of experimental stuff. Yeah. And it was it was LA. Yeah. Yeah. New York, it wasn't on nothing. I mean, right. There was a time with big uh fat Joe went in and they booed him. Yeah. Straight booed him. <laughs> It was an LA thing to the fullest. You had to come in there. You had to have. You had to do your thing, and you had to show respect. Right. Right. So, yeah, that was the era. That's where I started. Yeah. Really polished. Yeah, and it, it was a time where you know where you know you're you're giving examples of people who uh, you gave several examples of people who like totally bit a style, um, but it was an era in which that was not okay, like. Um, I think it's far more socially acceptable these days for all the cats to sound like each other, you know? Um, and yeah, it's, it's bad for the art. Uh, obviously, uh, we're all going to influence each other. You know, if someone comes out with a style that's game changing, that's going to have an effect. But, uh, but it's certainly at the time you're talking about, it was completely unacceptable to just rip off someone's style and it should still be unacceptable. Stop biting. (laughs) It should be. Yeah. Yeah. But now now they just steal everybody's style and rap over their vocals. So uh <laughs> oh, man. I almost almost was gonna be guilty of that. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you, you are able to get around that. <laughs> well uh, my my last question is can we play one of your songs? Uh and if so, what would you like us to play and uh tell us a little bit why? Man, all right. And I see when you guys got my whole collection. (laughs) You can use any of it. Man, like we said earlier, one of my favorite ones was Language of Imagination. Yeah. Or if we're going to go with another good one that I like, uh, it would be... That, that's that's a perfect way to end this one yeah yeah so and the reason i was peeking that is because of the it's just an eerie beat and it just felt so good i could just i remember doing that whole uh song in one take i just wow it in one take. wow 
team was in there, like, yo. Yeah. <laughs> the whole, the whole, and it was about seven dudes in there, man. Yeah. And we, I just went the whole thing. I'm, I'm yelling in the court, let it keep running. Just boom, knocked it out. Dang. So that's when you're hearing that. When you're hearing that, you're hearing one take. That's amazing. Uh, I'm gonna listen to that song differently now, honestly, because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because there's there's a lot that can be done in a studio, and a lot that should be done. I mean, you want you want the song to come out as as good as possible. But if your first take nails it, there's no reason that you got to go in there and do more. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Yeah, it was, it was hilarious because uh, yeah, like I said, we did it in one take, but then Gene he was like, "Let's do it one more time." Let's sure. Gene, we ended up kept the first one. Man. That's <laughs> but, amazing. <laughs> When I hear that song, I'm like, yeah, that's that that beat just gave me that energy, man. Yeah. It's just a, it's like a scary movie, man. Like like I'm just like I got like paint all over my body or something. Yeah. I'm just standing there, paint dripping off of me. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you visualized while you were doing it? <laughs> oh, oh. Well, hey, we, we we really appreciate you being on uh, tonight. This has been an in, incredible chance for us to sit down and uh, pick your brain. I feel like there's so much more that uh, could be said. Um, yeah. You know, we'd love to have you you back on maybe when your book is coming out, uh, something like that. All the other questions you had that you didn't ask, we can get to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, we've, we've, we've got miles of questions, so. <laughs> well, I would definitely love to uh, get back on with you guys, man. I enjoy this kind of stuff, brother. Man. And I appreciate you guys' support over the years. Yeah, and I just want to thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, I want to say uh, to our listeners, uh, you've been listening to Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. Uh, I'm your host, Jamie Bennett, also known as Chun J from Royal Ruckus. I'm here with... Nomadic Vagabond. And... Thanks for listening, guys. If, if rhyming from the heart is a part of history, then y'all can go ahead and chalk me up as the antiquated MC who wakes up early just to pluck first fruits from the tree of creativity and just to regurgitate some fresh flows that are given vision like by focos. You know what Scorpios, leaders, never leisure. I'm the King James reader, Trinity believer, agnostic thinker defeater, going up on stage like a dope dealer speaker. Man, I'm into hip hop like your feet inside of that sneaker. My tape will always feature a variety of underground vibrations for homo sapiens to escape in reinvigorating relaxation, falling upon those who dig an exterior's delivery. Poetry welcome in every country, secluded from the public like if I was one of the 12 monkeys. Praising God, creating an endless catalog under a light in a Jewish synagogue. Y'all fools don't even want to try to see me. 2000 year to God fearing MC. Poison blizzard found wandering
A new one comes to the earth like a comet. People of color be quoting my lines like if I was Mohammed. Philiatical full of phonics, important information stored inside of my brain like if I was Johnny Mnemonic. Soup, bionic without puffing on chronic. My works are plutonic, and that's the reason I call it underground. My sound, raw like old dirty. Devils worry as I delete the myth, which is being positive is nerdy. This is the attitude I take when I'm granted the permission to speak. Suck in air and let my vocals rape the beat. Through your receiver. 